Yeah, yeah, we're uh, we're the so episode eight badass records, Matt Barr, you're over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I never know where I am. Right, well, I know, I know. That's why I'm here to remind you or give you the occasional pointer. I appreciate um, that. So, uh, you've got, I guess, if you have a foot or, or a leg injury, you say you got a bum wheel. What do you say if you have a a bum hand um i really don't have to explain it because it, even when i walked up to the door people were just like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i don't really say much yeah. but you're 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 recovering from an injury but you're getting you're managing i uh barely i i fake it all well good uh is there pain is there lots of pain every day there there sure is yeah um and I've been introduced to, through the doctor, through uh, two opioids, which okay. was very nerve-wracking. Um, I didn't really think too much about it. Previously? Yeah. Cause, I mean, I've never been like a pill person. Right, right. I've done my, as you know, fair share of drugs. Right. But it, pills were never my thing. And so they gave it to me, and I'm just like, okay, great. You know, it actually helped so much. And then we watched this movie on Netflix. Oh, or, God. About the pandemic or the crisis, what opioid? Yeah. yeah, and then I was just like, "Oh," I was like, "I better just make sure." So I stopped for the two days. You know, I had only started, right? And so I stopped, and then I was like, "I was like, well, <laughs> I don't feel any addiction." I was like, "But man, this hurts." That was so, going to be my next question. Did the pain immediately come back when you stopped? Oh yeah. And I wasn't even, you know, they said, you know, take four of the, or one every four hours or whatever, and like a very small amount. Um, and I didn't even do that much. You know, I just didn't want to. Right. And then I was like, told the doctor, I was like, ah, I'm nervous about being addicted. And they're like, you can't even come close to that with what you're taking. Oh, okay. But regardless, I was nervous. Did it do anything side effect wise, like make you not be able to poop or screw with sex or appetite um they did say that it would mess up sexual function or appetite but they didn't quite notice you're like too you, much. you don't know who you're talking to <laughs> <laughs> um but before we get too much Adelita, into this i would like to um do something with you okay i have very special news okay and i would like i'm gonna take these off real quick um, I brought something, and God forbid we do this without a toast. This is not in that bag, though. I haven't seen you in so long. I know. What do you got? What do you think I have in this bag? Uh, Natty Ice? No. Um, but that, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got the Natty wrong. Ice, don't you shame me. Well, I mean, I just, uh, brain fart. Yeah. Okay. So um, this is butt ice. And and the, the, the story that goes along with your preference for butt ice for 
decades now is that It'd they be freeze. Right at my 47 now. It started when I was 25. Okay, yeah. So they freeze it and shave the okay, tip. That's the process of it, yeah. And there's, it, the alcohol is more concentrated or, or something. They, they, they turn it into a block of ice and then they shave off the, the water, like the alcohol and the malts and all that. Sit to the bottom, settle. Uh-huh. And they shave off the top layer of ice. And then what's left is a nice beer. Okay. Okay. Um, do you, you brought one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought we'd have a couple glasses right. and share it. Uh, I, I wanted to toast. Okay. I can get glasses if you want to do a toast. Oh, sure. All right. Okay, just, Let me do it. Okay. Oh, wait. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so while he's away, <laughs> I'd like to say hello to the listening audience. Whether you're listening on Ghetto Blasters or AMFM Walkman Radios, welcome to Blair Vision Airwaves. I'm not sure what he calls it, badass radio, wherever you are, hi. Um, and welcome you, and I, I don't know anything about podcasts. This is my first experience in any format with them. And so Blair was telling me, and I'm going to ask him again because I still don't know for sure but as far as i know the fcc has nothing to do with this right so i might be able to slip little curse word here or there oh yeah you can you Should can just... say whatever you want or do whatever you want um well then i'm gonna let one slip now yay okay <laughs> i still have to turn myself off from teaching mode are you? Am I pouring, or are you? Oh, dude. Okay. Well, you man the dials. Um. So, in addition to the hand, are we toasting to something specific? Okay, oh, yeah, cool. it's very specific. There you go, my friend. There's more butt ice if you need it. Cheers. I know all of you out there have a butt ice laying around. It's time to crack it open. It's butt ice 30. Mm. So, what are we toasting? What are we cheersing to? Well, as of about the past two hours, okay, I am somewhat of a grandfather, new grandfather. Uh, yeah, in a very strange way. Uh, get, I, no, no surprises there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, um... So, as I'm leaving class, right? Today. Today. On the leaving to come here. You know, just kind of getting everybody ready, you know, for the end of the day. And I'm getting ready for to teach chess class, um, to the chess club. And these children are like, Mr. Barr, Mr. Barr, something's wrong with the cockroaches. Because we have, as our classroom pet, we have giant Madagascan hissing cockroaches. Hissing. Which is kind of new okay. to us. Yeah, so they're they're big, you know, like few inches long. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very friendly, and we hold them and whatnot, and we hold them and we pet them, and they're great. The vegetarian, they're so nice. But when she was like, "There's something wrong with the cockroaches," <laughs> I was just like, "What?" You know. So of course I go over there, and then all the children are just like. What's going on? And everybody's rushing over there. And I look in there, and I'm just like, 
hmm, that's interesting. I don't know. And obviously something was going on, and I was just like, eh. What do you mean? What was going on? Well, I mean, I figured it out after a while, but it looked like the back end was opening up, and there was this white thing coming out of it. It looked like a, some sort of scene from Starship Troopers. Wait, you're not telling me that you're a grandfather to these cockroaches. Kind of. I guess I'm an exo-grandfather. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I, I bought the first set. You know, there's like five of them. And then they've been breeding. But I never see. That's what ended up happening. It was giving birth, and I had never seen that part. You know, overnight, you know, you show up, and there's little babies, and you're like, well, you know, I knew that was going to happen. Never in my wildest dreams would I think that yeah. I'd be watching a giant cockroach give birth. And just, whoa. So that's all going on. And then I've got to teach chess while I'm thinking, that is happening in the classroom. <laughs> I'm trying to focus on chess while I'm thinking oh, about that. right. Um, and then, you know, word spreads pretty fast through the school and other teachers are coming down and like, I want to see. Um and they're like, well, how long does this take? I'm like, well, like I know. For for a, a baby cockroach to come <laughs> out like of it. How long does the labor take? Okay. I still don't know, but but it was coming. I took a picture so I could show you. Okay. Um, so I'm drinking Bud Ice to celebrate the arrival <laughs> of a cockroach. Is that what, I, you know, what this I, boils down to? Yeah, and I don't know. It, it's such a, it looked so strange. I can't even explain it but um and i don't know if it's like one sack that you know comes out of the whatever and then they open up and there's many of them in there so it's not over yet it's still no, ongoing. It's still going on as far as i know okay so. well congratulations <laughs> <laughs> wow um yeah. so uh what i was about to say is in addition to the hand you just went on a cruise. Did. Uh, first one? First one. And where did you go? Like, how did the idea come about? Where did where did it take well, you? Well, we originally were going to Mexico. And the day our cruise ship was supposed to leave, um, that's when COVID came out, like, full on. Like a baby cockroach? <laughs> I prefer... The COVID. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, no, I shouldn't say that. I, I jest. Um, and so while we're in Florida waiting to get on the ship, they canceled all cruises. Like nobody's getting on like anything. Two years ago? Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So we're just sitting in Florida in a hotel room. We can't leave the hotel. It's like spring break. So family and I just hung out. Um, so they gave us a when voucher. You're, when you're... All together, you're six of you? We are six. Okay. So they gave you a voucher for yeah for another, another cruise, cruise. Yeah. T and TBD. It, yeah, yeah, but the voucher runs out after a while, and it was going to run out this summer, so we just used it uh, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. Was this uh, the wife's idea to go on this cruise, and you just nodded and said, yes, dear? You didn't exactly concoct right. this whole plan? Okay. No. <laughs> um, I just can't get behind the idea. Like, 
uh, it's stupid, but you know, uh, sinking, you know, sharks, uh, being just being on the water. I don't know. Uh, and then I, I, I would suspect that there it's possible to have some element of claustrophobia, uh, yeah. even, even though the thing is gigantic and you have access to open air and all that stuff. It's not like those gigantic things have never sunk. Obviously. Right. Right. Uh, so and I'll tell you something that will not ease your mind on that mm-hmm. and your fear. We got no safety demonstration when we got on. Like None. if shit hits the fan, this yeah. is where you go. This they, is where they said, you... "Oh, it's all meet at you know. Here's your spot. We're all gonna meet." I thought, I thought naive, naively so. I thought we would all be sitting on the deck and they'd explain how the lifeboats work and you know. Um, not even a, anything, but it, it bothered me just like it would you. And yeah. so I was, you know, I spent some of my free time just going out and looking at the lifeboats. And, <laughs> you know, like, like, okay, there seems to be a lot of mechanical gear to get these things down. And you're not slashing ropes like on a pirate ship or in the Titanic no, or no, something. No, no. Wow. Oh, which reminds me of a joke I want to tell you. All right. It's it's a poor taste. Okay. Since you brought Titanic up. All right. What does the movie The Sixth Sense have in common with the actual Titanic? Um, I don't know. What? I see dead people. I see dead people. <laughs> I know, so sorry I have to say that. That's all right. I like on, it. On I like waves. it. I like it. Uh, so you flew to, so now for the cruise you just went on, you flew to Florida again. This time we left out of Texas. Okay, and went to Mexico. Went to Mexico and then on to Honduras. Oh, okay. How was that? It's good, um, but when we got to Texas, they informed us that the children's luggage had been lost. Right, right. So that was, you know, that was not the best way to start out. A lot of tears. So seven seven days total with all all the travel and yeah. Uh, and how many times did you get off the ship? Well, we got off twice. Okay, in Mexico and in Honduras. Once in Mexico and once in Honduras. But you didn't. You slept every night on the ship. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, did you? Would you do it again? I would do it again. Okay. I would not do it with children. Interesting. Just yeah. too much. Clo- close. Close space. A little too much. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and I don't know if. If the, I mean, there was like the three days with no luggage. Yeah, you know, man. You're trying to teach children. I have one hand by this time, you know. Oh, yeah. I guess I'm trying to like explain how to wash because I stayed with my stepson in our little tiny room and all the girls stayed in their own right room. And so I'm trying to explain with just my left hand how to wash your clothes in the sink. Oh, God. Because you, know, you got tiny a, you sink. got like a voucher and you had to go to Walmart or something and get they a got it they got a check, um, but that that check does nothing if there's nowhere to buy anything. Right, like on the ship there was one one kind of store that sold clothes. They didn't sell underwear and they didn't sell socks and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know this is my stepdaughter and you know they. They only had bathing suits for, you know, older people. Yeah, you know, I adults. Bet. And there was like, oh, you know, these 
of slides and fake surfing and for a few days they just couldn't do anything because they didn't have swimsuits and I was just like well you know my stepson's name's Wyatt I'm like Wyatt and he just uses my shorts uh, and Parker I was like you can just take some shorts and a t-shirt but everybody was like so sad and depressed like no wow <laughs> Um, so you got to explain to everybody what that is. Oh, this is, um, I have type one diabetes and not too new for me is, uh, what's called a CGM where it checks your blood sugar. I have a little insert in my arm, a needle, and I carry this little monitor around in my pocket and it's always checking my blood sugar, the needle. And if it goes too high or too low, it notifies my sensor that something's wrong mm -hmm. um and then i adjust to figure out what to do so what did it say just now um it said reminder turn this off no <laughs> i was gonna set a reminder to turn it off during this interview oh well you don't want to do that though do you oh you know i, I checked it before so okay um, it's not in 20 minutes gonna be like matt why are you drinking butt ice <laughs> <laughs> the monitor will not be right we might right be. yeah so Wow. And my daughter also has type 1 diabetes, and she... Which one? Parker. Really? Mm-hmm. How, how old is she now? She is 15. Whoa. How long... You got age 10 Thanksgiving yeah. Day was when you found out, right. right? When did she... She was 11. Okay. Um, no specific day. The um, only one of your offspring. Yes. Okay. And how is how did she take the news initially? Um, she had awareness of you, you having it, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I took a lot of blame on that, but um, but she, it wasn't her situation was kind of similar, you know. It it just hit her um, Out unconscious, of the blue. and she woke up in the hospital. What? They, they had to explain it then. So yeah, unconscious, no, conscious. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Like um, sleeping or yeah, just out of it. No, I know, but like, where was she doing when it happened? She was at school or uh, in between school and going to her mom's. You know, kind of like hanging out. Yeah. Um, I was, I got a notification while I was teaching. Oh, you, your daughter's blood sugar is over nine hundred. On the way to the hospital, I was just left. I was like, substitute, go, bye. So, <clears throat> so I mean, she she didn't really have a choice of how to take it. It was just like, this is where you are. This mm -hmm. is the hospital. Uh, I think she. I didn't. I she mean, took it amazingly well. Okay, you okay. know. Um. So, but luckily, technology has come a long way than when I got it. I can imagine. Yeah. So, I think that. It would never be, regardless of when, it would never be easy to hear, you know, you've got this disease forever, that, forever and it's, you know, there's a lot of bad things that are going to happen, but, you know, it doesn't change anything, you know. So does she have to do injections? Um, no. She has a pump. Now, this is kind of how this technology goes. She doesn't have to do injections. She has a pump, and she also has the CGM, and her pump and the monitor talk to each other. And the monitor says, hey, your blood sugar's messed up. Why don't you give some insulin? And then the monitor gives the insulin or the pump gives the insulin. And they work together, which is not always the case just due to technology problems. Right. So, so uh, you know, 
it's pretty pretty often uh, with the way the healthcare system in the world and so forth is you hear that insulin is like insanely expensive. Yeah. You know, I hear like $700 for who know I don't even know what. So what is that? Are you, do you guys, is your stuff covered or do you, are you felt fishing out of pocket? Um, it, Oh, I have insurance, you know, yeah. we have insurance, yeah. um, but that's still not great. Um, so that's a lot of money, but you don't really have a choice. No, I know. But I mean, you can ma- manage to fold it into your portfolio of expenses. You don't have to like, um, no, actually, I mean, she's insured through the state, so they cover it entirely. Okay. Um, my insurance is not great. Um, so, but there are organizations out there, um, that really help out and kick in when you need it. Wow. So I'm part of that and I thank them for it. It's kind of a <clears throat> local kind of group here. Um, so, so she has the the monitor and the pump, but are you still taking injections? I still take them, yeah. I don't have a problem with it, you know. Is that why it was presented to her? Because she might have a problem with it or she did have a problem with it? Or? I think these days um, any 11-year-old child's going to have a problem with it. Yeah. So uh, where, but there's other options anyway. Where's the pump? It just sits on their belt and it's on the outside. Um and it just sits there, you but know, does she have with to, wires and whatnot. How does how does the insulin? I mean, does she have to take it off of her belt and like? Nope, it's always connected to her body. Two four seven. Wow. Yeah. She. I mean, when she takes a shower, nope. it comes off. Nope, it never comes off. Unless you're getting it, you know, serviced and right. But I mean, does she like just set it somewhere in the shower or the swim when when she swims? I mean. That's a good question. I don't check on how my daughter showers. <laughs> that's a good question, though. I mean, you had a cast on your hand recently. You probably had to do something with that when you showered. Um, I did. I put it in a bag and raised it up. But when you say it's on her belt on the outside, it's outside of her clothes or outside of her skin? Or? Outside of her skin. Okay. Um, but under her, her clothes. clothes. Um, she can tuck it in under a shirt or a dress. Or, um, but yeah. Still cords and connected and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. But it's not inside her body. Right. But then it's not like a port? No. You know, like when people have surgeries or whatever? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure I could just Google it and get a better idea of what it looks like and how it functions. It's fascinating. It, it is. I mean, in a shitty way, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't even want to convert over to the CGM, or the sensor. I fought it as long as I could. Who, who were you fighting? Myself and technology. But, I mean, somebody suggested it, and you're like... Oh, it, it, since it came out, people are like, you've had this long enough, you need to have this. And every time you and I were talking before, when the ambulance would come in the middle of the night while I'm sleeping, they'd be like, how come you don't have a CGM or oh. a pump? And I'm just like, ah! Technology. <laughs> um, but now that I have it, I do realize the error in my ways. Okay. That's good. Not that it's perfect, right? Um, but it is far better. So any of the listening viewers on your AM, FM radios, if you have diabetes, don't shun these things. 
Oh my god. All right. So uh 1993 you graduate from what? Littleton High or what was the, what was your school called? Uh, Arapahoe. Arapahoe. Arapa cuz your folks lived off like a Arapahoe basin or I see I I can almost picture the street sign. Or the exit, one of the two. It's like I twenty five and County Line Road. Huh. Okay. Ish. Um. And then you came to Kansas City to I go did. to the Art Institute. I did. You obviously had heard of the Art Institute I had. before you graduated. Yeah. And where else? Were Not you, my first choice. Where? Okay. Where? Where? What else were you considering? Uh, animation was my deal, no matter what. Um, I was hoping for Cal Arts. Did not get in. Was not disappointed with Kansas City Art Institute by any means. Um, Did not get into because of grades or? No, I didn't have uh, that I could do the illustrations and all of that fine. Um, you know, humbly speaking. Right. But I did not have enough life drawing experience, like, you know, n- drawing nudes and like drawing from actual life. You know, I could do animation and, you know, the pictures I just when it came to transferring that you know like the way Disney or a popular company would want you do it mm-hmm. I couldn't do it I couldn't do still can't do self-portraits to save my life really yeah I mean I'm picturing I, I've always called it the Rembrandt piece the one that your mother yeah the one that you want as well, which is, by the way, it, it, that is in my will for you, actually. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Today, I thought about that. But, I mean, yeah, it looks I, just yeah. fucking like him. Well, thank you. I mean, so I don't get it. Well. It's because you're not, when you drew that, you weren't looking at something. You were just drawing it from me. There's, there's a way when you transition into animation that you have to go about doing it um, so that it's fast and lickety split. I mean, that Rembrandt portrait took me you know weeks and weeks and i'm sure um but that's a different kind of thing but you know animation you you got to see the body and you got to do you know real quick circles and the way that you you would do in like a figure drawing class i didn't have enough figure drawing experience to warrant um going to cal arts or it took me a long time Hmm. do you ever get on tiktok no. Never? Never. You don't even have the app on your phone? No. There's a guy, I think his name's Dylan Eakin. I'll try, I'll send it to you. Uh, you should be able to open it, I think, even without the app. But anyway, he's an artist and does, that's pretty much what he does is self-portraits and yeah. portraits of like loved ones <clears throat> in charcoal. And uh, But anyway, whenever he... Uh, is showing you whenever he makes a TikTok showing the progress or the completion, he always tells you how many hours, and it's always just like, What? I mean, fast hundreds or and thousands oh, yeah. of hours. And I'm like, How do you? I don't understand. Like, but anyway, it, and it's so good, it's really yeah. good stuff. Um, so you wanted to get into Cal Arts, but it didn't happen. So, Art Institute, mm-hmm. um, and I, I wound up having a couple buddies out of high school go to the Art Institute. That's how we met. That's how we met. Um, and I meant to look, damn it, um, I was telling my kids, uh, it always feels weird. You're going to beep that out, right? The what? fact that you just said that word. What did I say? 
I don't say those words. Okay. Well, I mean, I <laughs> just <kidding>. pretty sure <laughs> I've cursed. Uh, anyway, uh, I was telling my it's it's weird to think of, write down, or say your first and last name because I've like oh, mine. Yeah, I've oh, yeah. never referred to you unless like a real life situation where I have to like identify you as you are on the grid. It's just always been bus. And, it's always been that way. Uh, yeah, for, yeah. And the, the you had a yellow school bus lunchbox or something. What was no. it? No, how that came to be that yeah. name? Yeah. Um, it was freshman year in college, and I was in class, and for some reason I got called or sent to the office, pulled out of class, and then of high school? Office. No, oh. college. Sent to the office in college? Uh, what were you doing? I, I wasn't doing anything. I was just working on some whatever project for the day. It was, was a cockroach or... giving birth and we need your assistance. <laughs> I, I I wish. Right. No, I didn't know why, actually. Okay. And so I go into the office and they said to me, um, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what am I doing at the school? Like, not in the office. Oh, oh. And I was like, well, I was taking class with Miss with Nan Rainey. And they said, but you don't go to school here. And this is, you know, a couple months into it. You don't go to they school said, here? You don't go to school here. You are not enrolled? And, and, and I said, no. But they had, like, on the wall all these Polaroids of all the students and freshmen or for that building or whatever. And I was like... I do, and I pointed to my Polaroid on the wall, and I said, that's me. I was like, there I am. <laughs> <laughs> and they looked at the picture, and they look at me, and they go, no, that's bus, bus bar, buster. And I was like, what? Bus? And so and I went back, and they we sorted it out. It took a while. And then I went back down to class, and everybody, you know, Bean, David, mm -hmm. was like, what happened? Why did you? And I just explained it. I was just still beside myself, like, what just happened? And so I told him, and then it just stuck, bus. Where, where did they get this information, that that was I, bus? I have bar. no idea. They said bus, and said like bus. He, his name is Buster, but he goes by bus. Uh -huh. What? It's as crazy now as it was then. Where and did it, I where did I get the yellow school bus well, thing from? I'm sure I had a lunchbox of sorts. Was it a lunchbox? I don't know, man. I wasn't there. I don't know. Um, but it just stuck. And so then, you know, with Josh yeah. and David and everybody, I was just known as bus. And you know, those you guys are the only people who would call me that. Nobody. It would make no sense to anybody else. Yeah, it's, and still nobody else. It still makes no sense. No, but still nobody else calls you that, right? No. Wow. That's funny. I mean... You've always, I've never re really referred to you as anything, but you've always been in my phone as bus. bus. Yeah, I mean, so Matt Barr is like. Yeah, this is just three minutes. What did you, did you just throw it on the floor? <laughs> no. Um, oh, man, see. Yeah, it's I'm, not. I'm going to crush this. Um, what is I'm it saying now? It's just invented. 
I never set reminders on this thing. Uh huh. I'm not used to it. Okay. So I don't know exactly how to deal with it when it tells me that there's a reminder. I don't know how to turn it off. Okay. So I think what I should not have done is remind me later. I should have just hit okay. Ah. So, but I, it's not telling you that your stuff is messed up. Everything's okay. A-okay. All right. All right. Good. Um, so uh, were you born in Littleton? I was born in San Diego. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Was What about your brother? He was born in Iowa. So your folks, where did they meet? They met in Iowa in college, and my father was in the Navy, and they put him in San Diego on the Navy base or whatever. Where? What college did they meet at? Uh, I met, actually, they met in high school. Okay. Um, in Iowa? Yeah. Okay, so he's small, born there. Small town in Iowa. He's in the Navy. They send him to San Diego. That's where you're born. How mm. long are you guys there? I don't know. Um, and we left when I was maybe five, six. Okay. Um, I have no memory of California. I have vague ones that I don't know if are actually there. Um, but yeah. I have flashes. Sure. Yeah. Then. But, uh, but then from San Diego to Littleton? Um, San Diego to Littleton, yes. And they've been basically in the same house ever since? Until I went off to college and they're just like, done i you know and then they moved to larkspur oh so yeah that was a change for them um well i mean they still had the house in littleton in 94 right it wasn't like right when i got okay to college. okay um, but like did they downsize they moved to someplace smaller or? no i think they actually upsized oh wow why why did they want to move then um, they, I don't necessarily know if they wanted to, I think that they had an idea to build a house, oh. um, and sell it. Okay. And then they built it and it didn't sell, I think. And so the only other option was to move into it. And sell the other one. And sell the other one. Okay. I see. Um, so did they play music in the home? They did. What did they, what do you remember? <laughs> Um, I remember what I personally remember. I've seen like home videos of, yeah. you know, us dancing around and, you know, other songs around. But what I remember most is Neil Diamond. Okay. Um, I, I know that Cat Stevens was on. Nice. I, I, you know, when I kind of got into vinyl a lot as an adult, I asked, I said, can I please have your collection regardless of what's on it? And so I got a lot of what was left over, which has kind of always been my thing. You know, whatever my brother is done with, I just would like, give that to me, please. Right. Um, Peck in order. Yeah. yeah. So um, I still have a lot of their records, and I'm so glad that I do. Some good stuff in there? It's good stuff to me. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, you you just kind of absorb your parents, you know, personalities sometimes yeah yeah and and so i i kind of my my path of music you know stems from that moment and then it goes it's such a chronological well that's track that i can follow perfectly uh, please that's what i want to that's what we're here for so oh 
okay. Cat Stevens and Neil Diamond <laughs> and the next. Uh, you know, I, I like Cat Stevens. Yeah. I mean, how could you yeah, not? Who, who wouldn't? Right. Um, it's never been my cup of tea. Like, I've never been like totally, oh, Cat Stevens. Right. I'm get every Cat Stevens album ever. Right. Um, but it was around and I like it. So, you know, you had asked me, which was fantastic. When I was on the cruise, I get a call from you, and I didn't even know that I could get... You had get, service, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah. You know, why would I know? And everybody else yeah, you know, I, was telling I hate, me... I sent you a regular text, and you were like, out of country. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what? What is... What, you can't... I, I was so surprised. Oh, okay. Because everybody... I don't even know this is going to go through. You know, everybody's got their iPhones and still Android, and, and everybody's like, there's no Wi-Fi. You're not going to have Wi-Fi. I'm like, well, Okay fine so i just was like i'm fine off country and not being around tech and and then i'm sitting there at night you know my stepson is sleeping i'm just sitting there and i get the text message and i was like oh and you asked me like such a great question which was what do you think the greatest album of all time uh, we'll, is? We'll, we'll, we'll get to that we'll oh yeah i know that. okay but um and so i just i spent like so just like sitting there just going huh so getting back to Neil Diamond, yeah. Um, so I was thinking, the way my thinking is, you know, time is like massive, you know, and it's not quite linear, but we make it linear, right? And we put that on it, you know, it's yeah, broken down to into, understand it. You know, eras, ages, decades, years, months, weeks. We, we need that for whatever reason. Um, so I, when I think about my music life, I break it up. Like Why elementary you... school, Neil Diamond was extremely important to me. Didn't quite know how much it was, and it just stuck with me. Okay, which transitioned into, you know, in all of our my moments, I associate this time period with this music or an album. And you can just trace my entire life through albums. Um, so I brought some of them, mm -hmm. if you would like to discuss them. But Neil Diamond is what I remember from my parents listening. Okay. Uh, and then what about... That's that's pre-adolescence. What about when you're... Elementary school, yeah. When, when you're like an adolescent and hanging hey. with buddies and... Well, and then um, my brother... You know, I, I get a lot of my music at that time from him. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Neil Diamond is, you know, Neil Diamond, we all know him and his music stylings. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't know anything quite about rock and roll. You know, if you want to call Neil Diamond rock and roll or not, whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> and he was playing something that I quite had, I quite had not heard, but I liked it. And that would be... Cheap trick. I knew there was a cheap trick stop on the way. I didn't know it was stop two, but here we are. It certainly is. And I, I have it all here on vinyl. I, I'm not surprised that there's cheap trick in your bag. Um, yeah. I see you and it, sometimes posting on Facebook and just like, still with the cheap trick. Okay. All right. Are we still live at Budokan? Or we are we? still live at Budokan. My first, first cheap trick album. That's the first album. That I actually saved up for and purchased. Nice. On a cassette. Because um, you had heard. Well, 
but my brother had played it. Okay, yeah, right. Um, but he, so you wanted your own. There's, so there's two copies of Live at Budokan in your house. No. Oh. Um, but he had the vinyl, and Walkman's had just kind of come out. Yeah. And I was just like, I can save up for this cassette tape, and get it, and you know, Walkman style, mm-hmm. and bop around. Um, so that's kind of like my next stop along okay. the musical path. All right. That's so. Now that that stops over, we we won't mention mention Cheap Trick for the duration. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, trickist. Um, so I, I can't. Wait, wait, hold on. One of the one of the great guitar players of this time mm-hmm. um, is in Cheap Trick. Who's that? I don't know Cheap Trick member names. <laughs> and don't look at me like I should. <laughs> no, Bunny Nelson. You know. Drummer, Rick Nelson, the guitarist, Robin Zander, the singer. Rick Nelson. Yeah. Rick Nielsen. Mm. Yeah, no, none of those are familiar yeah. at all. Uh, it might be a little hazy on the actual name, but he's, you know, he's famous for like having crazy guitars just to have crazy guitars. Okay. So. Um, so, I mean, I want you to want me, right? That's the big one from that's that, from the that. most cliche one oh, i mean uh, they, they play that you know that's the one that's you're going to hear on the radio yeah, all the time yeah what what else what else did they play what yeah what else was popular that nothing, nothing from cheap trick has ever been popular i want you to want for, me for sure well yeah that one no that's like their staple there weren't any other there was one in the 80s um but that was kind of the, their last do you remember what it's called well, I did get it right in some sort of guitar center, and I got a $5 coupon. Congratulations. But, <laughs> uh, but for the life of me right now, I okay. cannot remember right. what it's called. All right. So wh- where where I keep, you know, I have this memory of seeing this photo, uh, and I feel like it was attached to a newspaper article. Uh, and it's <laughs> you with, like, one of these, like, felt floppy hats and maybe sunglasses and a token bus smile and you're maybe there's a car you're and and oh, the, yes. the, the whole thing was about how you like went on grateful dead tour when you were like 16 or something crazy like that yeah for that was part of it but that's not what that article was about or anything oh. like that um that was a result of it of being on tour and it wasn't even i hadn't even started the tour yet you know but I know the, the article picture. was a result of you being on tour. Not really. It oh. was just I had a crazy, crazy ass psychedelic car that I painted with a couple buddies. Yeah, yeah. And no matter where you took that car, it was in the center of attention, uh, you know, kind of deal. Yeah. And on that particular day, I had taken a large quantity for that time period for me um, of LSD. Okay. Um, aka the good stuff the good stuff <laughs> yeah and it was you know kind of just kind of starting out and i was like oh how much can i do yeah um so anyway that day in particular i you know i'd previously been at bonner springs show 
And I wait a minute. I thought that was from your high school. That picture. It was okay. Oh, but you're on. You're in Kansas seeing a show. Still, it was. It was. I was seeing a show in Kansas or whatever it was. Yeah. And I bought a lot of acid. Okay. And uh, you know, my car was like a hub at the campsite. Koa. The painting was done with what? Uh, Not traditional vehicle paint. No. Like brushes and yeah, acrylic was, or something no, i was in high school was yeah acrylic did, the, and did the weather screw it up it, after many years it did okay um but so you know at the koa campsite you know i'm i'm just so happy and i'm you know to run and i was like you know i'm giving an acid to everybody for free i was like here take this you know and anyway so then how, how much did you take at that on that day of yeah. the picture yeah i don't know uh it was an accident oh because when the Denver show came up, I saw somebody who remembered the car from yeah. the previous shows. And he was like, oh, you gave us so much. Let me repay you. And I was just held out my hand. He's like, I got this liquid. And so I held out my hand like, hey, you know. And he just like squirted like this huge amount into my hand. And I was like, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm currently out of plastic one ounce ramekins yeah, with yeah. lids so down the hatch so down the hatch oh and I, I and i don't even remember like licking it or anything it just seeped into your pores i guess i don't know i just and then so the next thing i know it's the next day you lost I mean, a day i lost like I squeeze lost. the liquid into your hand and yeah. boom next day so i <laughs> Pretty much, and, and and the only reason I even remember that is that I got a call from my buddy, and he's like, "Matt, you're on, you're in the newspaper, you know this page." And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "Okay, I do." I was like, "He's like, and my mother saw it," and I was like, "Oh, is he upset?" He's like, "I told my mother I was spending the week with you," and I was like. Did you? Did he remember to tell you that he no, was telling no, you that? Oh, no. and so I kind of get accidentally busted him on that. But so as it turns out, that I was playing my guitar, which I didn't know how to play, and on top of the car, and I was imitating Bob Dylan. And during that interview, this is what I've been told: is that they kept asking me questions about the car and how old I was, and da 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 da, and I wouldn't. I would not answer the questions unless I was speaking like Bob Dylan. I love it. And they said, what's your normal voice like? And I just wouldn't answer those questions. (laughs) (laughs) You know my... Yeah. So that's how that picture came to be. So so (laughs) you're in high school. Yeah. And you got permission to take this car. Uh Uh-huh. To at least as far as Bonner Springs, I could take it. I mean, my, I didn't really have like rules, generally speaking. Like a lot of yeah, you guys had like a pot-bellied pig and yeah, uh, a like bun- the, the rules that you would think of uh, don't didn't really exist for me. My no. parents are great, um, right? But, uh, we're just given so much freedom, and we inherited this car from my grandmother. Okay, it started out being my brother's. And then he went out to college, and then I ended up with it. Where did he go? He went to Santa Barbara. Okay. So now I here I am with this 73 Buick LeSabre, which is a mammoth. 
And I was like, you know what? I'm going to paint this thing. So. Did you have to ask permission? No. Were there laws or anything against doing something like that? No. How much do you did it cost you in paint? Do you remember? Was I don't it a know. Lot? I don't know. Okay. Um, but the, the, and the soundtrack to the, the painting of that, um, like how I got in the Grateful Dead, it was a couple steps later, but during the painting of that car, Frank Zappa's Joe's Garage was pretty much uh, the soundtrack. You just gave of me goosebumps, car. dude. <laughs> Man. Uh, the dude that was on the last episode, uh, I just, in preparation for that, did a just best double albums, Google search. Oh, yeah. Which one? Oh, Joe's Garage? Joe, it, for, it pulled up 46 double albums spanning 1966 to 2011. Joe's Garage is not on it. Oh. <laughs> and you, you feel that it should be? I mean... To, in every fiber of my soul like it is i mean but it's also it's three i don't know i mean like there's something very anti-zappa about putting anything zappa on any kind of list so yeah. it's like a, you know a crime that it's not and it's also perfect um but i mean that was the soundtrack to painting the car i don't think it, i knew that it was yes um i just you know i've had uh, a pretty pretty not as long as you but a, a lengthy relationship with zappa and i've gone in and out of different phases but i always come back to joe's garage man and it's just all we did was bend the strings like oh my god and then and then yeah, i've said this already but um uh you know uh signing i mean this is like 77 79 the the garage band whose mom wants them to turn it down and they sign with a record label and it destroys them and then there's STDs and Catholicism and sex with robots and yeah. and then it just comes out the other side with you know uh, watermelon and Easter hay and a little green Rosetta and like just a, a, a true masterpiece. I love that album so fucking much. Um, it's great. And you, if you're listening to this, you wouldn't. I mean. They just, those, you know, sound like song names, you know, from the, the guy. But, you know, the, the album is actually a story. It's like kind of a, a funky opera. You know, it's got a beginning and a middle and an end, and there's a storyline for the whole thing. Hey, that sounds like the ice pick <laughs> to the forehead. Let's try it again, Mary, shall we? And now. We find ourselves. Oh my god! I just remembered that I meant to have my I meant to have my megaphone under so that when we started, I could go. This is the central scrutinizer. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> god damn it! I know it's kind of narrated in between the songs. Yeah, but yeah, you you've always you know since we've known each other, been like a Zappa fan, yeah, fanatic, yeah. <clears throat> Whereas I mean I, I I love Zappa, but what I like more is the Mothers of Invention. Yeah, that's where we differ. <laughs> no, no kidding. There, yeah, there's like no. Shake Your Booty, Apostrophe, Overnight Sensation, Joe's Garage. Like those uh, weasels ripped my flesh. Those are all my. Yeah, I think you I think you dubbed me a copy of uh, Live at the Fillmore '71. Yeah, those bootlegs. Well, yeah, with the Mud Shark. Yeah. Let's say you're in a traveling rock and roll band called the Vanilla Fudge, and he's yeah. like telling the story about. But uh, anyway, um, so Joe's is the th soundtrack to painting the car. Yeah. How many shows did you see in it? Do you think in the car? Yeah, like how many 
shows did you tra- oh. travel to with the car? Mm, yeah, maybe seven, eight. Okay, all kind of in the same little cluster of yeah, time. Or, of, yeah. So where did the thing about being on tour come from? Did I invent that? Like the yellow school bus lunchbox? <laughs> uh, I think, you know, I had just, I can't remember if that was before or after Bonner Springs, but uh, the the news reporters, I guess, were just like flabbergasted that there's like a 16-year-old kid who gets to paint the car, you know, and went off and did this stuff. And they're like, so you just got back from out of town? And they're like, I was like, yep, you know, this is Bob Dylan. And I think that they were just so intrigued by Kind of Do you remember the news? What newspaper it was? Well, I'm sure it was the Denver Post. Okay, okay. I can't remember. Another Rocky Mountain News, the Denver Post. Right, one of the two. Yeah. And R.I.P. to the news. It's been gone That's, for a few yeah. years. Yeah. And the Post, I feel like is is it doing well or is it barely hanging on? I don't know. Yeah, me either. Um, um, but <coughs> how did the Grateful Dead land in your lap? Uh, well, at that time. It was probably summer in between junior high and high school. No, that's not true. Maybe after my freshman year. Oh, at that time I was super into punk. No kidding. Like black, like old, not black not flag. Famous, black flag, GBH, Circle Jerks, DRI. That's um, Dirty Rotten Imbeciles, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great name. And so I was like Is super that, into that. Was that? Uh, a, a older brother influence too, or did you? That it was, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, Neil Diamond, Cheap Trick, DRI, Grateful Dead. Like we're covered. Well, we're covered. On. I'm not, I'm just saying yeah. it's already like, if there's a gauge on this, it's, we don't know how to read it. Yeah. Just, you know. Well, you know, there were some. You know. You know. I went through. You know, and, and then after, since you bring it up, uh, after Cheap Trick, you know, I was like, oh wow, these guitars are so cool. They're distorted and more, you know, up, upbeat and what than other Neil Diamond, you know, it's like, whoa. And then Led Zeppelin introduced me to like more distorted and, you know, sure. da, 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 and then Metallica came along and then of course, you know, punk. So, and then I was super into punk and Todd, our good friend Todd. Todd, it's in Todd and Rico. Rico and Todd. Todd and Rico, yep. Uh, we were... By the way, if I've ever learned what their last names were it's I, it's gone and i hope that i never relearn them because they don't have them right <laughs> uh, kind of like my name yeah yeah uh, but rico had the dreadlocks yes okay anyway todd so i can't even i don't i can't even believe that this was the deal but um we were a couple of us you know like maybe five of us kids you know we're gonna go on a on a massive bike ride for several days and camp along the way and this sounds all our familiar and and before we leave he couldn't go for whatever reason i don't remember why todd couldn't todd couldn't okay and he's like his parents were like no his parents, yeah no whatever the whatever Matt. the <laughs> whatever the bar parents say yes to is a firm no around here oh well you know my, my dad started the trip with us, and then he was like, I'm, I'm leaving, I'm going back. Whoever doesn't want to continue with this journey, come home with me. 
Um, but so Todd, before we left, he's like, just check out this tape. And I was like, what is it? He's like, it's the Grateful Dead. <laughs> and I remember thinking, what? Mm-hmm. Um, just because I, you know, I, you know, we, you know, you kind of know along the musical path of what the Grateful Dead is, and but I never quite listened to it. I just right. was like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to listen to just Black Flag the whole time, you know, or whatever. But whole surface Black Flag, and he's like, just, just listen to this. So finally, there's like a lengthy stretch of uphill, and I was just like, I gotta listen to something slower. Are you guys on like ten speeds? Yeah. Okay. Uh, mountain bikes or ten speeds, okay. whichever. Right. Um, depends on who you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so this this stretch was rough, and I was like, I gotta slow this down. Are you in Colorado? Uh, yeah. Okay. We we left Littleton. We went to the uh, central Colorado to this the Royal Gorge. Down by the springs. Is that what yeah, it is? past okay. the spring. Okay. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. You would take a right. Yeah. At the springs. Yeah. Um, so. Anyway, so anyway, this little length I just put on the tape. Uh huh. And it just really never came out of my Walkman. What was the tape? I think it was just a mix. Okay. It was either it was a mix he had made or American Beauty. I was, was going to say probably it was American Beauty. Yeah. Or or had several American Beauty tracks on it. Yeah, and I think you know it might have even been that it was kind of like a an assemblage of a potpourri of Grateful Dead. I think the album was called Skeletons from the Closet. Oh God! Right. It was a shit. That's a shitty record. It's a terrible it's one. Nothing good. There's nothing. nothing good on there. That's why I don't think it was. But for whatever reason, that comes up. So, and that's that's how that all began. Okay. So, how many times did you wind up seeing them? I saw them forty nine and a well, about forty nine and a, I call it fifty. Okay, but I did not get into the one that I wanted to be fifty, but for bunk reasons, and so therefore. Yeah, I would call it fifty-two. Right. Yeah. I mean, but you did you did you leave? Damn counterfeiters. Did you or did you stay? <coughs> I didn't even get in. No, I know, but did you stay at the venue or did you? Oh yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. That counts. Um, yeah. So many experiences on that. Just that trip alone. I bet. To Vegas. Oh, that's where it was. That's where the counterfeit one was, and I bought the tickets. You know, at a McDonald's on the Strand, and of course, you know, it was like also. I don't know if it was that trip, but I also, you know, bought a counterfeit sheet of acid, and I was so mad and sad. I was more sad. Yeah, that somebody's out there doing that. <laughs> yeah. It sucks. Yeah, and I, you know, well, I'm not thinking, you know. You bought what? a sheet? I bought a sheet. How yeah. many times in your life did you buy a sheet? Oh, several. Wow, that's so much. How many hits is in a sheet? Like 100? 100. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, later on, you know, there's whispers in the parking lot. Don't buy the dancing skeleton sheet. They're fake. I was like, oh, well, thanks for letting yeah. me know ahead of time. <laughs> but yeah, I, I got the counterfeit ticket and I went up to the, the gate, give it to the guy, and he's like, these are fake. I was like, well, no way. He just licks his thumb and smears the writing on it. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, heart crushed. I was like, oh, no, come on. And that was, you know, maybe my. 20th show or something like that so it wasn't like oh this is number 50 it's gonna be great alright so 
<coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah. Um, how many? So, if you saw him fifty times, when was your last show? There, that would be. Um, I that was Tennessee. Okay. And the giant pyramid. It's, there, there's. It's Memphis, uh, okay. but there there used to be this gigantic pyramid, kind of like the Luxor and of the Vegas. one. In, okay, oh okay, okay. But this is like the concert venue or whatever. So I think it was that one, and maybe Chicago after that, and then like a year later he had died. Okay, uh, yeah. And your first one was in Colorado. Yeah, uh, yeah, McNichols. Okay. Yeah. Ninety two, okay. ninety one ish. Now, how many uh, did you pursue bootlegs of the shows you were at, or did you just no, have... no? That's not kind of uh, no, not really. Okay, it's not really how it was then. You know, right? I don't know. Right. If someone you you never really could pursue them too much. You just if you stumbled across somebody that had yeah. a bunch, you know. And the big thing was that that recording. Yeah, of course. Perfect. Uh huh. Do you have a favorite show? Well, <clears throat> at the time, I guess I did, but now that you know things are a little easier with tech, and um, Todd has this massive collection of every Grateful Dead concert bootleg released on a box set format. What? Like with perfect quality. And I be giving, of course, Todd gives them to me on a thumbnail drive, and I'm just like, what the hell am I going to do with this? Um, with just hundreds upon hundreds of shows. And so I'm getting, I'm getting to see your concerts I've never heard. So if you ask me what my favorite show is, it's just like, do I get like a, can I just choose a decade? Well, or an era. Like I always say, the 72, 73, right. and the 77, 78 yep. are no thanks on the 60s stuff. Right. Um, no, yeah. no, not, no cream puff war for you? No. Not, <laughs> not too terribly opinionated about the 80s and 90s stuff. I don't dislike it, but it's not my favorite. Right. I like it. But uh, those two little windows where they, they were just all cylinders, just fucking gorgeous. Yeah, I, I mean, can, I concur with you hands down on that. <sighs> Got goosebumps like six yeah. times since we started. This is crazy. Um, I, I, but you know, I will give, I will give the uh, very little to the late '80s and '90s. You know, I give a lot, but the the quality of space and the drums, you know, '71 doesn't quite have that. Let's go ballistic with drums. Um, space and drum. I'm always like, nope. <laughs> not interested if they were not short, even just the drums uh i'm way more man uh, some i i haven't listened to a space and a drums from an, a you know i've seen dead and company a few times yeah. and it, it's a it's a portion of set two yeah. you know and it's like all right like we get it like wrap it up so if it was a little and, and so i say that to say i haven't really revisited any of the 70s space and drums um it, recently but i do feel like even then they were lengthy and it, it's like 
that's it's cool and all, but you do it every you do it every show. Right? I, I don't know. I, I don't think that then they had quite figured out that this we're going to dedicate this huge time to it. It just kind of started forming. Yeah, I don't know if you you've probably met my buddy Jason from Durango. Um, uh, well, he's in Durango. I'm sure <coughs> I did. Uh, I saw all the dead those dead and company shows with him, and every time we're in line. You know, to get into the venue or whatever, yeah. and conversation strikes up with whoever. Uh, there's always that person that's like, "What do you think they're gonna open with?" And you know, da, da, da. did you see what they played? And uh, his answer is always like, "Forget about all that. I'm calling Space and Drums set too." <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, well done. Uh, I'm gonna pee well, real quick. Oh yeah. Well, and, remind me before you go. I'll get you those thumbnail drives. Uh, that Todd gave you? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I'll be back. Go. Everything looking all right? Yep. You feeling all right? Oh, yeah. Good. Um, I hear this little... I put my headphones on. Check okay. this out. Oh, I don't think I like this. You don't like hearing <laughs> the sound of your voice? I do not. Does that mean you're not going to listen to or watch your episode? I wouldn't even know how to oh my God. begin. I'll send it to you. It'll both via text. Very easy. <laughs> okay. And you can make your choice from there. This is, like I said, this is my first and only experience in any sort of format with the podcast. Okay. All right. So, Grateful Dead, you're going to give me the thumb drive. Um, I have a very fascinating sort of bookend of experiences with fish mm-hmm. and you. Um, you were, uh, not the first, but definitely the source for, uh, my, the, the largest bulk of my early bootlegs. And I, they would sometimes <laughs> would have like cool drawings. Like yeah. there was one with like an actual fish, like smoking a cigar or something. And yeah. one with a vacuum cleaner. And, um, but, but, uh, Red Rocks six eleven ninety four. Night, I night two. Running into you there? No, I mean but, we partied at your parents' house. Oh, yeah. And well, went did, together. Didn't we just like randomly bump into one no. each other at some fish show? Probably, yeah. probably. <laughs> but the, the party at your folks' house was wild. Is that the night that the floors were like bending because there's so many people jumping up and down to bouncing around the room? Or I don't no, know. No, no, it's it some song. Anyway, yeah. uh, I just I remember uh, like going into. What your your room wasn't in the basement, was it? It was in the it, basement. Okay, going into your room, and uh, the ceiling was full <laughs> oh, of syringes. Yeah, that's true. Uh, like maybe in the shape of a mushroom or something. Yeah, that is also true. Uh, and I think I laid. I didn't know like at the time. Of them. Yeah, I didn't know at the time. I think maybe because I was naive. But I think that that's where people were going to do cocaine. Um. That, if yeah, that, well, yeah, I mean everybody was drinking and getting high, and yeah, probably smoking cigarette, whatever. But like uh, anyway, um, the show was uh, epic. We we did bump into each other like in the show. Like I I spent first set way up, and there was tons of room. It wasn't sold out. Yeah, and then I came down. Uh, we might have run into each other, and you yeah, you told me, and I went down, and we were second row. Yeah. And they played this Red Rocks. Yeah, they yeah. played this stash second set that like melted my face and I remember like looking at you and you're been like, right? Like that. <laughs> and I was like, Oh. 
<laughs> oh, wow. I didn't know. So anyway, almost, well, 21 years later, uh, we went to a show here in Kansas City last time they were here. And oh, yeah, yeah. you were behind me, and uh, it was second set. And you just go, I'm going to take off. And I was like, <laughs> wait, what? And I know I've asked you several times. I always forget. Like I thought at the time that you were like, I'm just not into this at all. But yeah. then, then later, I thought you told me that you you left for a reason, like something was going on. I remember that. Um, I don't remember why, though. Okay. Anyway. Um, well, there's a backtrack. It sounds to anybody listening to this, or whoever you know. I don't know. You know, you tell somebody that I my ceiling is filled with syringes in the shape of a mushroom. And but it insulin. makes total sense that you and I insulin syringes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. <laughs> you know, for you and I, it's just like yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like bus. That's, Sounds that's like that. Buster. <laughs> yeah, I, know, I used to like just enjoy so much. You know, I've got these syringes, you know, from diabetes and injections, and I just learned how to like throw them into the ceiling. You know, just like flick, yeah, and they go up and stick, and yep. I just loved it. And then they started to take form, and I was like, you know, of course, you know, who doesn't like the mushrooms? And I was like, I got to turn this into a mushroom. So. That's yeah. how that came to be. <laughs> so, uh, in between those two fish shows, there was a window of time in which uh, a thing called free ball existed. Yeah. Uh, which was, for, if I'm using the incorrect terminology here, correct me, but I mean, your band, basically. It, it is my band, Jim. And there were three or four of you, right? It started with three. Okay. And became two. Became two. Uh, and I seem to recall, did you get to see? Yeah. Um, and it was like the only memory I have, I have two, two memories. One, the, the audio portion to me felt very can influenced, Mm -hmm. uh, and two, uh, Mexican wrestling outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, there's some, there's some, there's truth to that kind of, um, but I mean like. You, you would do like wild keyboard, yeah, spacey kind of. Anyway, uh, th- that's all. So tell me, like, how did free ball come to be? Um, how it came to be, I don't know. But you know, there's a um, couple guys in school with me in college, and we just for however it came to be, we just were suddenly in a band. I don't even know how right. it happened. Um, Would you take the stage and say, suck on this, California arts, or what? <laughs> yeah, no. no. Uh, I mean, I, I was, at that time, I was really into can. Yeah. Um, still am. Yeah. And Tago Mago's on the list of... It is yeah. a fantastic mm-hmm. album. But vi- vitamin C is always the track. You know, when I hear can, I hear, hey, you, you know, and that... Yeah. Just that There's not hallelujah. What? Hallelujah. Oh. No. Uh-uh. I've uh, never I've never really done a deep dive. I just, I very much, I mean, I used to play some on the radio, in, right. in my radio show, and I have some can, but I've never, like, really done a deep dive. Oh, yeah. Well, check it out. It's, like, a pretty groundbreaking album, but, um... Kraut Rock, they call it. <laughs> well, Seriously. I, yeah. Um, if you look them up, it's like... That's, they, it's sad that, that that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was really into can and, and I had just received <clears throat> for Christmas or something, uh, a four track recorder. 
cassette, what? you know. And it, it blew my mind. From your parents? Yeah. Wow. That's really good. What a really, nice gift. Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, we're talking 95, and it's still nice, but it's not what you're thinking right now. Most people wouldn't even know what that is. A four-track recorder? At, your, at our age, at that time, like, oh, this is how what you would use to record music with, you know, because it gives you separate bass and guitar and drums or what, what, whatever what, track yeah and I, that just blew my mind yeah you know i could oh i could i could play this keyboard and then i could switch the keyboard over to like the drums i could play harmonica i could do jaw harp and just have that and just turn those knobs and just by jaw harp you mean juice harp juice harp yeah dude i, I forgot that you used to play that's, that that's like like my that's my jam i know and i still can't really wrap my head around the force required from your teeth <laughs> to make that happen and it's just it's, for it to be something that you were into and dug and you could so do it. Into it yeah crazy yeah so you get this four track yeah and i i, I put some songs together you know just just for fun and um and then i played it for a couple people in like the printmaking area and they, I think that came, I was doing it anyway. I was making the music, and they, I think a guy named Leo, I was like, listen to this, you know. I was just like so excited. You're like, wow, this is, I, I did this in my, my little room. Wait a minute. I just, something popped in my head. The Tijuana Viper. Yeah, that was like, a, is that the cool. Mexican wrestler? Okay, that sorry. is the Mexican sorry. wrestler, yeah. Anyway, he, everything's he listened really to it. jumbled up here. So I, well, if it comes, I got to blurt it out or it's gone. Yeah, it's, if you know me, then it's, of course, it's all going to be. Crazy jumbles, right? Uh, so he goes, This sounds like can, and I was like, Oh, I don't know what can is. And they played it, and I was like, Okay, this is this is great. Um, so anyway, the band got together, and um, so but you're talking about the Tijuana Viper, mm-hmm. uh, that was a character I did on stage at his own. It, when I would play, I was the Tijuana Viper in the band, but he had his own kind of side show by himself. And it came about, they came about together, but separately at the same time. And I, you know, Miranda's mother, my eldest, uh, made a dress for me. And the American flag dress. And... You know that he's got his own story, which is lengthy. But anyway, that part of the story is you know he's you know part U.S. part Mexico, dreamt of being a wrestler. He's now both. <laughs> and and the, you would get stage time because you were like pitching to the venue that Freeball will play, and you would just incorporate Tijuana Viper, in, or they were. Oh. Now the Tijuana Vipers, I mean, he was there on the stage, but he didn't have his own like storyline in the the freeball shows. How did how did the, how did freeball get gigs? Oh, word of mouth. Yeah, like I mean, where would you play? Uh, like how did all over, all over here? You know, we went on tour one time. We actually funny story. Um, Puddle of Mud. Do you know that band? Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, they opened up for us one time. This is before they, uh, they became what? huge. Yeah. And Wes, it's like a different band than what it was. You know, yeah, we all yeah. practiced, you know, they had their practice space. We we all shared together in this down river, river market yeah. loft. Yeah. 
And so they wanted to have a show, and we wanted to, and so they wanted to go first because they thought, you know, they're super fantastic, you know. Um, and so they opened up, and then they got super pissed because we had, you know, we were more theatrical, you know, and they weren't, they were just like, let's do this show, you know, music, 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 and done. We we had a little more art, you yeah. know, kind of deal going on. And they got upset because we had, like, girls coming out of fog in bikinis yeah. and, you know, they didn't like that that they were getting, Upstaged. we were getting more upstate. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so they got really pissed. Um, and we just, you know. Then we're just like, okay, we're gonna go on tour together, and they're just like, no. <laughs> so, on tour? Yeah, we had this idea to go and you know, which we ended up doing. You did? Yeah, we went to um, we went to like Lawrence and Wichita, and then Denver and somewhere else along the way. Well, where did where did where would people see the early performances of Freeball for there to be word of mouth to? Tell, um, tell by the time it, by the time it became kind of this underground thing, um, the three person part, the trio had already ended, and it was just Adam and I. Okay. Um, you guys are all uh, art institute students, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, you know, so you go to a show. You know, we used to you know we play at Fred Piazza on the Plaza. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's where I saw you. <laughs> Which is that show is in and of itself bunkers why well we had you know there's a lot of like puppetry and stuff going on you're crammed into this little tiny corner yep and the, the pa system there's no sound guy but the pa which we didn't want a sound guy we wanted to control all the sound ourselves yeah. anyway but the pa was up like mounted like near the ceiling okay. level and you had to adjust levels yourself as best you could and i've did not know this going into the first time. And I had like a rolling chair so I could scoot back and, you know, hit the processors and, you know, I couldn't just have a stationary chair. Right. So. Then, for, and you're, for, you're playing keys. I'm playing right? keyboard okay. and singing and um, whatnot. And I had to adjust something. And I, you know, drinking and, you know, and then I got to get up on this rolling chair in this tiny little corner Surrounded by keyboards everywhere and these chords puppets and on chords and puppets on sticks and the the giant free ball sign that yeah. lit up and um, trying to just function on all that and you look at this tiny little space about the size of this table. Right. So you know, go to that show and then you know someone else would be there and be like, hey, how about you play El Torreon? Do that, um, and that show got a good review. Um, not sure if the internet was around then, but it's there. And someone find that, and they go, oh, how about you play this thing and whatever. So, long story. Wow. Um, so you you uh, you know I don't know like how present music is in your life right now, but I see you in the Kansas City Deadheads Facebook group. Yeah. Often talking about vinyl, right? Oh yeah. Um, you know, you're not talking about the thumb drive. No. You, you have a lot of Grateful Dead. How many how many pieces of vinyl total do you think you have? I mean, hundreds or? Uh, it's it's into the hundreds. Okay. Yeah. 
And how much Grateful Dead do you have? On on vinyl? Yeah. Uh, two. <laughs> what are they? Uh, Reckoning. Okay. And the original album. Uh, Just the Grateful the, Dead. With the roses and the skull? No. Um, the first one is like from 65. It's, oh. Uh, it's the Korean Puff War. Yes. Um, Morning Dew. Yes. Okay. So what do I see you saying in there? I feel like you are in that group. You do talk about vinyl, don't you? I do. I I love a double spread album. Okay. Um, I love them. I think that there's I, music in general is just like so intricate on so many levels. But you open up. I mean, like you look at an album, you know, vinyl, and the artwork speaks for you know normally sometimes not, but the artwork is fantastic. Um, but you get one where you get to open it up. Yeah. and see the composition and how they did it. Um, it just it still blows my well, mind. Well, that picture next to the toilet in the bathroom off the kitchen is it's a frame. It's a Zappa, Zappa and like one, a terry yeah. cloth robe with a Winston in his mouth. Yeah. That's literally the piece that the vinyl from that album went into. I was like, oh, yeah. this is this needs to be framed. Yeah, you've um, seen those frames that uh, are for vinyl. They're, they're great. You you can just take the record out, and that's one part of the frame. And then right above it, be kind of behind it, you get to put the album, like the, the artwork, the cover, and they're framed I've not seen this. Not. Uh-uh. It sounds pretty freaking awesome, though. <clears throat> yeah, and I have in mine. I only have one. Uh, I have we're only in it for the money. Oh wow! Okay. And the album, like the new release one, the actual disc has the group. You know, and the disc is vinyl, or the disc is yellow. The record is yellow. Wow. And so you put that in the frame with the actual picture of the album. Okay. Beautiful. Uh, I got to, you got to send me a picture when you get home. I will do. I probably have it with me right now. Um, so, man, uh, <laughs> when I got that out of country, uh, and then you, of course, you got back and we, we talked on the phone and, and sort of made some progress into getting you here today. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's, I don't, there are a few people that when I say, all right, you got to tell them, they're like, boom, like, no, they spend no time thinking and they tell you what that record is for them. Or maybe some people have got like a couple or three, they can't just pick one. I, I, it's, but most of the people say, I gotta, I'm gonna have to think about that for a while. It's a very difficult. One person said, that's like asking me to name my favorite kid. Um, (laughs) So I thought that it probably would be something that you would think about for a while, and I think that ended up being the case, but I was, could not have been more surprised with, my choice. with your choice, which this cassette over there by I my super professional it's, sign is probably too small for the camera to it's see. It's over there whispering to me. Yeah, um, but you said uh, the greatest album ever made is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And I, for a second, I was like, are you serious? Like, I didn't have any idea, you know, with the Grateful Dead and and Zappa and all the other cheap trick, you know, things that have been visibly important to you. I didn't have any idea that you were into the Beatles. And I, I assume by your choice that you are or were at some point. Yeah. Um... Well, when you ask me what's the the greatest album of all time for you, uh, no, 
for me, it would be different. Well, that's but, what you're, that's what you were supposed. That was the question you were supposed to answer. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, so there, there, there's the there's the okay. The, so, does anybody else say that? Is it when you when you bring this up to somebody in this format? Is it always to them, or is it? Do you yes. ever ask what no. to the well, world? You, no, because how how can you answer on behalf of the world? Oh, I think I can. Okay. <laughs> the other reason I came up with that or thought of that is, you know, I've been on a, a few continents and lots of countries, and in each one of those, at some point, you're going to hear a Beatles song. Sure. And I was on a cruise, and there was like people from all over the world and coming together for this trivia night, and everybody. It wasn't hard to answer the questions, even though they tried to stump everybody. And this little tiny boy from this other country won. And I was thinking, whoa, this is, you know, you know, you could say, you know, everybody knows Elvis. Mm -hmm. We were talking about like one album. We might know, might know a couple of Elvis songs. But when you think about that album and how much it changed the way you record, like from eight track to so many tracks and how they did it. It changed the recording industry. They were they. I didn't. I don't. I know so little about the yeah. the album. So, so there was some recording stuff that was groundbreaking for. Yeah. yeah. And the, did they actually do that? Going from four or, or however many tracks to. Yeah, they did eight, and they you know flip it over and put isolate eight. They turn eight into thirty two. Wow. Like just which is you just. At the time, it was, you know, four was a lot. And yeah. It became eight. Yeah. And they were like, you know, you can do so much more. But they had to, like, sit in that studio and figure it out. And thus, we have more. So and This is, like, pre-digital. Yeah, you know, yeah, like of course. You, you know, yeah. on a computer, you've got, like, eight billion. Yeah, yeah. But as far as mine... Um, well, I brought some. Well, we'll get... Okay, we'll okay, get... Yeah, but, but, so, do I have to... Okay. Um, there's uh, there's just a few things that I want to point out, and they're interesting only to me, perhaps. But uh, 27 weeks at number one in the UK, and 15 in the states. Uh, as a free ball, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it just barely edged out Sergeant Pepper's. Well, um, we did our best. Uh, as of t- 2011, they had sold uh, 32 million copies of it, um, and. <laughs> It's it's commonly referred to as the, s- the soundtrack. You have Joe's Garage for the painting of your car, but this is the soundtrack to the Summer of Love. Um, McCartney said that uh, "Freak Out" by the Mothers of Invention was the inspiration for that record. Uh, and then you move, and I knew that I, this is I have these down because I I, I again something and like I needed to f- so. Uh, Zappa mm-hmm. said, "Everybody, a few quotes here. Everybody thought the the Beatles were God. Uh, I think that is uh, not correct. Um, they were just a good commercial group. I preferred the Monkees. Uh, quote two: I didn't hate them. I actually liked two or three of their songs. <laughs> I just thought they were ridiculous. What was so disgusting was the way they were consumed and merchandised. Yep. No music has succeeded in America unless it was accompanied by something to wear, something to dance to, or a hairdo. A phenomenon is not going to c- occur unless you can dress it up. 
And it's like, I mean, the, is there a Zappa ear quote than that right there? I that mean, is perfect. Yeah. Um, so, and of which I agree with fully. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some, uh, like, listen, I've, you know, listened to it a couple times in preparation for this, and there's some yeah. wonderful tracks on there. I mean, Day in the Life, the title track, Lovely Rita. Um, there's also some odd tracks on there and, uh, I, I didn't want to, you know, take up too much time reciting things I found from a Google search, but like yeah. each song is got like these layers of meaning and story in it. And I've all, I'm just, I, it left me curious, like, uh, there's gotta be a split in the population that is like just taking the songs at face value for what they sound like. And the words that they're being said, and then people that think, and 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 um, you know, the good stuff, LSD, it's really <laughs> shaped uh, a lot of the mentality for going in and being experimental and yeah. trying new things. And but uh, enough about the record that I spent two hours researching. Hold <laughs> <laughs> on. Uh, and I told you when I said it, I was like, I feel really. You did, that, you and did. I was like, "This is like so cliche." Yeah, you said cliche a couple times for sure. I was just like, "I don't." I was like, I, I, "I'm normal. Like, I'm not a Beatles fan. I mean, I, I see the brilliance in it. You know, I went through that stage. You know, yeah, as I think a lot of people do, but by no means am I just like so. There's like, I'm so amazing. Well, this is funny because, um, you know. Uh, this is episode eight and uh, like 50% of the ones that I've scheduled or maybe not quite 50%, but close have canceled or just bailed or they were somebody that was a yes and they changed their mind to a no, just don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, but there was a time, there was a minute where it looked like I would, and, and I would never tell this to the, you know, they can find out after the fact, but there was a time where I had, back-to-back episodes that were going to be about 311 records and i was like what is happening right now wait what i'm wait, not i'm not even who kidding came up with that like, was that the topic no like i'm book i'm booking tuesdays and saturdays and so i get a dude to commit for a tuesday i thought you're talking about the band no and he, <laughs> he chose a 311 record and i was like okay oh. and then the dude i had for the following saturday oh, all chose a different 311 record and i was like i'm gonna put out consecutive episodes were 311 records and so but the tuesday dude bailed if yeah. he, he had to go to work or something so that didn't happen uh and then i recorded last you know the last episode and got that up and then the, the guest for this your slot right now had to bail and so you you thank you for being willing to oh, yeah. jump in and fill it um but the guest that came right before you chose the white album. <laughs> so like in my mind, I'm like, hey, this, that's clearly, yeah, yeah, it's clearly an upgrade, right? Going to consecutive Beatles over consecutive 311 records. Uh, but it, yeah. as it turns out, it's not consecutive Beatles yeah. records because you didn't answer the question. <laughs> so you were about I did, to say... I misunderstood the question. Yes, yes. For you, you are about to say... Your favorite? Oh well, it is. It's funny. Um, I have. I, I brought. I brought along some friends. Okay, and uh, they're not puppets. Okay, are they? I wish I had. Are they cheap trick records? Well, I have my whole path 
on vinyl, right, in this duffel bag. All right, All right. well, uh, do, with some. Don't forget, okay. that's you if you are wanting to. For I, the if folks, I want to plug cheap. If, if you, are, <laughs> you guys ever listen to live at Budokan? Okay, here we have Neil Diamond, Hot August, which is Night, not my favorite album. Part but two. Part two. He put out two records well, it's called. So good, Hulk. you got to do two, and then look at. Oh man, look at you, Neil. <laughs> Um, I love these. Do you I'm own open. twelve? Have you ever listened to twelve songs? It's a record that he put out. Uh, no. I I danced to one of them at my wedding. It's such a fucking good record. Uh, Rick yeah. Rubin produced it and sent him up into a cabin in the woods for six months or whatever. Yeah. And he came down and listened. And he's like, "Get back up there." And it's so good. It's so fucking good. But yeah. it, you know, it's like new. It's not that. It's not seventies with like purple yeah, uh, lace tops and uh it's he's he's you know singer songwriter kind of dude anyway yeah. Neil, what else you got get it all out man yeah. rip it out so there's the live at budokan that you like so much i want to see it you, you gotta see yeah it? I don't, you can't, touch it? The, no, no i don't want to even look at it don't even point at it the camera's it's got, got the old tagger on it the old tiger tagger tagger what's, yeah, it's what's a that spinal tap quote oh i mean that's some good looking photography. <laughs> I, I'll give you that. Which that? Which one is that? This is Life of Budokan. Okay. All right. So there you go. All right. There's there's the man right there with his fancy guitars. <laughs> that's that's early Cheap Trick. Why why do I? I've always put Cheap Trick uh, in the same compartment as uh, uh, Peter Frampton, but there's no there's no reason for that to be. <laughs> well, I think that Peter Frampton is way more talented. <laughs> Cheap trick fans' hearts are breaking everywhere. I know, I know, but they they, they were bubblegum rock, you know. Okay. Um, for what right. it's, you know, as, as long as you can acknowledge oh, that. Yes, okay. yes I, I get it. It's, right. it's very funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but of course. Oh, classic. wow. Two. Two. Uh, did you inherit that or did you I, acquire I, it on I your own? I purchased this. Why two? I mean, I have them all. Oh. Um, and, and the best is. I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I like the original one. The um, first one? Yeah. Okay. I like them all. Okay. Um, Even, including just, Coda and Presence? No. Okay. <laughs> that is the correct answer. I don't know what I consider that. You know, it's like asking me if I like the latest Metallica album. I don't, I'm not a Metallica yeah. guy, so <laughs> I can't even make a joke about that. Yeah. Uh, but, that you know, of course, you know, Love the is like a huge part of so many people's lives. Uh, yeah. Um, if I meet a girl who likes Led Zeppelin, then I'm gonna just ask her to marry me. If you meet a girl that likes <laughs> Led Zeppelin, you're automatically gonna ask. All her you that. ladies out there, go ahead and call in. I mean, I mean, unless your name is Bridget Barr, then don't. <laughs> Bridget Barr, turn down your radio. Right, right. <laughs> Press the mute button yeah. on your dashboard. Take that call real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, that was a joke about Mrs. Bus. Oh, wow. I I do want to see that one, please, if I may. This is Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Uh, Many people think that to be their best. I would have to agree. Uh, Cliff Burton on bass. Fight Um, Fire with Fire, Ride the Lightning, For Whom the Bell Tolls, Fade to Black. Fade to Black. Trapped Under Ice, Escape, Creeping Death, The Call of Cthulhu. Man, this almost makes me want to listen to this record. (laughs) 
Well, you can't have it. I not I don't want to have it, but I mean, I like I might I might pay it a, a digital visit later after this. I should have brought a vinyl player for you. Is it? I have one. I oh, do. Yeah. Well, what gives? What do you mean? Why isn't? Why don't you? You don't use it? I don't use it. Well, why not? That, because I'm too unorganized to have my <laughs> home set up in all the ways that I want it to be. <laughs> I mean, my living room is a complete disaster right now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it does take up a lot of space. Well, I mean, it it would be it's you know I've got a a speaker in the kitchen which is it's always playing music, yeah. uh, but it's you know just Wi-Fi Bluetooth from my phone. Yeah, easy access style. Um, but I don't I don't ever like I went uh, kids and I went and visited Nate. You remember Nate? Yeah, Nate. Yeah. In July, he lives in Virginia. We went and stayed with them for a week. Um, and they have a their living room has like an upright bass and a piano and a sax and some something else, a bunch of instruments, but it also has uh, a turntable in there. And they will, and his vinyl is, I think, exclusively jazz, God. but they will put on and he'll just let the kids pick a record and they, they sit in there and listen to music. I don't do that. Uh, not because I don't want to. I'd, first of all, I'd, the thought of having like a music listening room never occurred to me. Uh, and now that it has, I haven't taken any steps in the direction of making that happen. Um, but, you know, I, single dad, like I'm yeah. managing everything I can in their lives while they're here and then trying to play catch up when they're gone and whatever. So. It's not that I'm not. I took it. I took the whole stereo system up there with the speakers, and 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 reached a point where uh, I was like, I need to get you know more speakers for uh, for. I was going to set it up in the family room, and that made the family room too crowded, and so it got moved to the living room. And it's like, well, I need to get more speakers so I can play music throughout the house. Yeah. But then I need to get all this wire. And, you know, drill holes and all this yes. stuff. And it's like, I'm doing that, but everything's be clearly shifted to Bluetooth and digital and wireless. It's like, do what do I, do I want to do that? Do I want to do this? Do I want to have like speakers in the ceiling and a panel on the wall and, you know, somewhere that I can, I don't know what I want to do. Yep. So I just listen off to the speaker in my kitchen. Chords. And there's, to be all honest, I mean, there's vinyl is very little going for it. I hate to say that. Right, right. I mean, I haven't, like, I bought super long cords for all this stuff, and they're just, I need to do something with them, get them out of the way so they're not sitting here as an eyesore on the table, but. I like, I like, <coughs> I like the view of that. I like okay. the cords, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah, but well, you have an appreciation for them. You have, you've used them and held them in your hand many, many times <laughs> for different things. What else you got in there? Okay, well, uh, I was going to talk about this for just a minute. Um, this band changed and influenced me tremendously. I like Can, you know. The thing about Can is, you know, the Damo Suzuki, um, he sings in gibberish. Okay. This is that, that's the lead singer? This is one of the second lead singer of Can. Okay. They've had um, more than one. Yeah. Um, but, so the second one, is my favorite. Sings in gibberish. Um, all all of his tracks? Yeah, pretty much. He'll throw in a little bit of, you know, German, a little bit of Japanese, a little bit of 
English and but God, a you lot. gave me some Japanese CD one time when I moved back to Kansas City. It was like this is the next the greatest, and I put it on. I was like, get get out of here. This is <laughs> hot garbage. <laughs> but seems uh, in gibberish, huh? Yeah. Okay. So, but and I didn't quite appreciate, but that so, um, and that that influenced me just the the fact that you can sing in gibberish. Pun intended. You can sing. In oh, good one. Nice. <laughs> I um, I see I see dead people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, so this band, you know, got because of my brother. This, that, oh yeah, this that is, is an iconic art, co- uh, cover art album cover art right there. Yeah, it is. Is that self titled Butthole Surfers? Yep. Is it? What's the track listing on that bad boy? Well, that's the thing I found. So. They they mess with their audience, you know. Um, but the, yeah. the important song to me, I mean, the album's great, but the song "Hey." Okay. Yeah. Looks like a Mexican wrestler mask on that person on the back there. It is one creepy. All their show, all their album. Show the people. Oh, sorry. All their album artwork is uh, pretty out there. Um, I I was friends with some folks that were hardcore. I remember I remember that. I remember the whole truth and nothing but. Uh, I remember, I remember liking multiple songs of theirs after years of just thinking that I wouldn't based on that they're in the genre of punk or whatever. And then being like, Oh, these, these guys are like really smart and know what they're doing and talented. And, but yeah, they were, I mean, they're, they're in the punk, but they're not, they took, right. They took punk to, was this a different kind of creative level? I mean, I wasn't. Right, I, no, I didn't but, mean that they belong in. I just meant I know, but it's just kind how of, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's just like some sort of other needs its own yeah. genre. Yeah, might just be a genre called butthole surfers, <laughs> as there should be. Yeah. Um, but then this one, this is like one of my favorites of them. This is called. Um, this is my favorite butthole surfers album. Hairway to Stephen. Hairway to Stephen. That. That that has to that can't be like a real human's face. Right, it's a two like Photoshop together. Uh, okay, that is disturbing. Yeah, so I'm gonna hand this to you. Okay, you tell me what the track listings are. Oh God, why did you take the record out? Because because this is what in the in the late '80s, early '90s, middle '80s. You know, that's what I get and try to figure out. Okay, so it looks like there's a picture. Of a guy pitching. Don't forget to show your audience. I'm I'm showing them there. Oh, sorry, I forgot about that. Uh, There's a guy pitching something who's maybe has an erection and taking a dump at the same time, and the thing he's he's pitching to a guy who's peeing, and it says one, like the number one, and then two is a picture of a horse taking a big giant pee. and then three is uh, two naked ladies exposing their. Ani and uh, vaginas. Uh, so this is all this, little cartoon yeah, styles. Yeah. And the other side, four is a picture of a burning cigarette. Five is a syringe, mm-hmm. whose destiny was probably not the ceiling of your bedroom in the form of a mushroom. Six, you have uh, a rabbit taking a shit over a shark. Seven is an elk shitting. An eight is a rocket in between the moon and a bird 
also shitting. You are correct in all of those. I mean, <laughs> do you think they're interested in bowel movements? Uh, this got hence the butthole. <laughs> right, right. You know, but you know, so you know, track three. Um, it's just kind of commonly known as I saw an X-ray of a girl passing gas. This is the anus picture. Um, so it doesn't quite have a name, but that's just what it's referred to as now. Really? Yeah, and it is one of their all-time best songs. I gotta write that down. The the climax of that song, and the, if you just listen to the way that that song or the album is produced. It's it's pretty top notch, but you hear butthole servers and you're just like, man. You play it on Alexa and it won't even say it. Oh really? Yeah. You play say, play. I saw an X-ray of a girl passing gas by the butthole servers, and she'll and play it. She'll say, here's I saw an X-ray of a girl passing gas by the surfers. Okay. It's like what? Wow. So, this so is all just. Tip my hats to the health service, and it changed the the that album and can, and it just changed my writing of songs, um, for the better, for the worse, whatever. Is there does is there free ball stuff accessible somewhere? Um, I mean, I have it uploaded to my computer now, um, but it's you know that's that was cassette days. Mm-hmm. Um, CDs had kind of, you know, but we didn't have access to making CDs or vinyl. Right, but you, and the, you had the four-track player, right? I had the four-track player, yeah. And you recorded, and, didn't you? We did, yeah. And it's on my computer, but... Um, How do you get it off of there? You could burn it onto a CD. Um, okay. Um, but my favorite album of all time, because you brought it up... Freak out. Mothers of Invention. Invention. 1966 or 68. Um, What's the, is there vegetables in the title of the first track? No, that's a different album. Are you Uh, sure? The song is, uh, in this one? No. The song you're thinking of is Colony Vegetable. Yes. That's not on Freak Out? That's not on Freak Out. Come on. It's not. But the first album, or the first side of that album is, you know, it's brilliant. But then the second side is this psychedelic abstract freakout for the entire second side of the album. You ever listen to Lumpy Gravy? Oh, yes. Is it like that? It's a far different. Okay. I mean, I own it on cassette, but I every time I freak out. have taken it out and put it in, I, I, don't, I can't ever get through it. I'm like, what, what is this? What are we doing? <laughs> um, I want to the back of the record these mothers is crazy you can tell by their clothes one guy wears beads and they all smell bad we were going to get them for a dance after the basketball game but my best pal warned me you can never tell how many will show up sometimes the guy in the fur coat doesn't show up and sometimes he does show up only he brings a big bunch of crazy people with him and they dance all over the place none of the kids at my school like these mothers especially since my teacher told us what the words to their songs meant sincerely forever Susie Cream Cheese, Salt Lake City, Utah. Susie Cream Cheese. And people are surprised when they learn that Frank Zappa didn't do drugs. I they mean, are, you know. Always, always. Like, unless they're a fan and they already know. Yeah. You know. The typical, especially boomers, oh, he's just so weird. Like, you know, it's like, who told you that? Yeah. How did that become the narrative that Frank Zappa is weird? 
when he's actually probably more intelligent. He was probably more intelligent than any of the artists that people that would say that loved. Yep. Um, you know, like intelligent enough, so intelligent that normal dude like wouldn't understand. Wouldn't yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Composer extraordinaire, actually. Um, you've seen his sheet music. It's wild. I bet. Um, so I, that, that note, I wanted to bring it, this other one to show you, um, you know, shout out to John Williams and his contribution to, you gotta be kidding me right now. The return of the Jedi soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah. And this has the original, uh, celebration of the Ewok song, uh, at the end of the movie. Yeah, where they're playing uh-huh. the yeah, they're burning yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, burning yeah, Vader yeah, and yeah, playing yeah, stormtrooper yeah. helmets and that one, which is not in the new releases, which is they they just took it out. I don't know why. The uh, <coughs> the Ewok celebration and finale is so I when the movie ends and there there's like some kind of like flute. Or like they're playing a bone could turn into well whatever yeah. but the actual what they're actually playing in real life whoever recorded the music it's like a I don't know if it's a <coughs> traditional flute or like a wooden Native American flute yeah. or what do you call this pan whistle it's a tin whistle I don't know but it's a beautiful little number and it's, it, it very much uh, sells you the like this is victorious. We've won the the battle and heart, peace and harmony will prevail now and every, yeah. everything's fine. And it's, it's lovely. Zapping. I mean, wow. What a trip. Yeah. Oh, and open that bad boy up. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> First of all, you get this awesome space scene with a, a star imperial no i don't know what do you call that ship a star that fighter star. no that's Wait, the, oh the, the big ship what are the what's that called a star cruiser anyway yeah. um and then some ewok shots well i mean just of course <laughs> bikini oh. carrie fisher oh yeah changed many gen x boys lives um the hell is that thing called what the thing giant the giant moon ship base the the death star the death star yeah. i said darth star right then i was yeah. like wait a minute yeah the death star darth star is like a grateful dead <laughs> it's a no that's between. dark star dark, yeah, star dark star for sure dark star um so anyway a little shout out here to john williams and okay. all his and all he, he's done for the music the producer uh, the composer composer yeah. for all the Star Trek, or at least the first three, or? for any good movie, you know, like Indiana Jones, right. Superman. He really took soundtrack. Yeah, he did. To the, I mean, he he became. Everybody's like, oh, we got we yeah, got to do guy, that. Guy, darn you, George Lucas, for having him under some sort of freaky contract. I I, I don't know that right, for a fact, right. but wow. um. So another shout out uh, to just. Uh, Paul's Boutique. Oh, boys. dude. I want to see. Goddamn track listings. Not. Now, yeah, do, yeah. do you, and when you buy these, do they come in plastic or do you buy plastic for I, them? 
Sometimes they do, but I have like a kind of a box for. I need I need to revisit. Gronky did an episode and chose License to Ill. I did, and I said in that episode I need to get back and listen to Paul's Boutique again, oh, which I, I haven't done. Oh, this is not just one opening. Mm-hmm. You don't have enough hands. I know. I need another. <laughs> That's what my girlfriend says. <laughs> wow, it's still no track listing. <laughs> <laughs> that is too cool. It is. That is really awesome. And then when you when you revisit it and listen to it, you're just like, whoa, this is like far better than I remember it. Well, I did that once. Uh when I first moved to Colorado, uh, I was like, I need to catch up because they've done several things since License to Ill. Yeah, right. And I, and I put this, you know, kind of like your your bike trip. I put this in the tape deck of my Corolla, and it just didn't come out for like a couple of weeks. And then I put it away and <coughs> have seldom, I don't know why, not intentionally. I just, I need to revisit it. And I brought this, and, well. You're literally the first person to bring Badass Records with you you. (laughs) to the podcast called Badass Records. Like, these are so badass. I mean, once we got past Cheap Trick, it was all (laughs) Maybe you should revisit Cheap Trick. (sighs) Anyway, so yeah, this one. Okay, this is a real quick shout out for a couple people. Um, I don't know if I was gonna laugh. Gonna like, hey, let's just uh, kind of let's just call this what it oh, is. Oh no, I, I I had I mean when I was six, seven, eight, I was like these guys are the shit. Yeah. Um, this is air supply. Mm-hmm. And is what is that a greatest hits? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Oh, this is you know excellent. Yeah, greatest hits. And it's so funny. Is there a track listing on the back of that? There is. Let's hear it. <laughs> Do I have to keep a straight face when I read? No. Can, you, can I try? You can try. There's not a prize if you do, but... Blair, mm-hmm. this has lost in love. Even the nights are better. Oh, that one right there, man. The one that you love. Okay. Making love out I, of I'm, nothing at all. I'm surprised that three out of the four tracks so far have love in them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Well, wait till it gets side two. Okay. <laughs> Sweet dreams. There you go. All out of love. Mm-hmm. There's a, there it is. And there it is. Uh, every woman in the world. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, these there a lot of them are good, but here I am. Mm. Right. And chances. Okay. So there's the blind. Did you ever get into? Um, Mumford and Son, Sons? I, I I tried. I didn't really have access at the time to find okay. what was not on the radio. Um, but you asked me that if I prefer Ario Speedwagon or Mumford and Sons. I did. That was like some random text message you got, or I got from you. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm saying, wait, what? <laughs> I, know. I was like, well. And then I said a response. Uh, it, it, that's 
Anyway, so that I, was an actual question that you, you gave me one time. I, I'm, we're going to have to check the tape on that to see if I'm, I'm really the author of said text. But uh, I, I know because I, I, um, the answer is Mumford and Sons, by the way, if you never. <laughs> but one time I, I made it a point to listen to their first, first album from start to finish and count how many times the word heart appeared. Mumford and Sons? I mean, it's like dozens. Literally, I mean, so I guess the point is that Air Supply can put love in a lot of their song titles if they want. You can always put love wherever you want it. Um, as long as you have permission. <laughs> I was going to say, as long as you ask. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just a shout out to uh, television theme songs. Weird. You you would you would you know you think of a television song you know from let's say Gilligan's Hill Street, Island, Hill Street Blues, Hill Street Blues, Mash. Mesh. Um, Night Court. Night Court. Yeah, good one. Cheers. Yeah. Oh. Family yeah. ties. Family you know. ties. And now, now tell me the name of a TV show theme song. Now. I don't really watch TV. I stream. Yeah. Do couple. they still have songs on them? Don't know. What is a TV show now? Uh, like, they have to have them. They CSI. do. They do. They do have songs. They do for sure have songs for yeah. sure. Uh, and sometimes they're really good. Really good. That's what I'm saying, like... Yeah, but, like, there will never be another era like there was, yeah. you know, in the 70s and 80s and with so awesome songs. And they've got, like, you know, 45 seconds to, you know, get you caught on yep. and, and to get you yep. into sticking with it. So, shout out to people who write television theme yeah, songs. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then another one that just, this album in particular, but... Joe Raposo, who I writes specifically for Sesame Street back in the day. I love that album. I think I have. I definitely owned it at one point. 10th anniversary album. Let's hear a track listing off of that. Okay. Um, Sesame Street theme song. Which, when I moved back from Colorado and got the place with Jill, yeah. I had my, my Yamaha. It's set up right over there next to my stereo. Uh, my Yamaha that I bought. When yeah. I graduated, I started taking lessons, and you came over and sat down and played this like super psychedelic version of the Sesame Street theme song. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "That's every time I've ever crossed paths with you, I was like, that, that was the most Matt Barr thing ever." Psychedelic then, Sesame Street theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I play it for my students. I don't do the psychedelic version. But, I mean, but you you were singing it too. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, um, so the next track, uh, Breakfast Time. Okay. Believe in yourself. Nice. Sign, you are a friend of mine. I've got two. Feeling good, feeling bad. Circles. I love trash. Nap time. You once made me a mixtape and Circles was on. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> See a wheel on a roller skate. Now that's a circle. I mean, I was like, okay, <laughs> now. <laughs> you know, uh, revisit this. Okay. Yeah, and listen to the jam. Yeah. Um. One of these things, mm. classic. Mm -hmm. um, would you like to buy an O? Oh, dude. Side two, just one me. Mm -hmm. Track two, proud of me. Okay. Grover, kicking it. Um, one and one make two. Oh, I love that. One and one make two, at least I'm pretty sure they do. Oh, yes, it's true. <laughs> oh, and then the classic, sing. Sing. Oh, See, yep. you know, yeah. yeah. Um, I get a nice feeling. Uh -huh. 
Rubber Ducky, of course. Yep. Always on, gonna be one of these. Uh, Cookie Disco. Okay. Simple song. People in your neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Being green. Oh, it's not that, that easy being green. Uh, to me gusta. You speak Spanish. You like me. Or I, I like, like you, you. Yeah, yeah. something like, like that. You, yeah. yeah. Four. Okay. And the Count's Lullaby. Ooh, interesting. All right. So just you know, and you know, I you know my album, children's music album. Yep. Um, it just children's Is, music really like. You grab me and you put out a children's music album. Yeah. A children children's book or both. Uh, but but uh, the children's music album. Is it available somewhere? Uh, no. It's on your computer. I mean, but that was like a big project. That was a serious project for you. Yeah. I mean, it's been since 1999. Yeah. In the works, yeah. You know, I've put, you know, a song, so a year or whatever. You mean it's, you're still working on it? Oh, I'm always adding to it and taking away. But did it ever come out or... Like, oh well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I you know, if you, sure. if you if you're in my class at the end of the year, just like you get one. <laughs> no, it, it, it depends. It's like I'll just pay whatever, just right. give it to me, right? And then I'm just like, are you sure? Because you're gonna have this in the car, and you think that you your, your child likes this song. Well, I'm just warning you. I if you're you know the one of my students now, I'm not gonna say their names, but um, the parents are just like. Can we please somehow get a copy of "I Used to Be a Camel"? Is that one of your tracks? Yeah, yeah. I wrote that in India, in Agra. In India. In India. When were you there? Uh, Seeing the Grateful Dead. No. <laughs> Drive your car over there. <laughs> well, you know, so I, I wrote that, and I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, the the Remay Center here. There used to be a llama here named Llama Chuck. Um. And I were in Agra, right outside the Taj Mahal, and I was like... When, when were you there? I got to guess, like, 2005-ish? And you were with who? Uh, I was with my brother. Okay. And so I wrote that song there, and... I used to be a camel. Yeah. Were you sober? What? Were you sober when you wrote it? Yeah. Okay. Um... So that's a good one. But anyway, there's a song on here that's just gibberish, but it's really sad. It's a tribute to Can. It is. You're the second lead singer of Can. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a really sad song. And so you're going to have this. You're giving it to me to keep? Oh, sure. Do you have another copy of it? Sure. Okay. In the car with Mr. Barr. Konnichiwa. <laughs> I feel like that was the name of the Japanese CD that you like. Check this out. Well, I think you're talking about Shonen Knife, a, a Japanese punk trio of yes, women. Yes, yes, yes. Hot garbage. <laughs> so bad. I, I still have it wherever it is. Oh, I'll well. give it back to you one of these days before we die. But That's all right. Chopping broccoli like the Dana Carvey skit. It's a live one with the students. Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm a Galapagos. That. That's like also a Sesame Street thing, right? You know, you know, but Chicken close enough. Song, bougie, bougie club. <laughs> Wonka bar, nice. Yeah, I don't know. You know some, I, 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 I'm always changing it. If you, you know? like me, I like that one a lot. 
somebody came up to you and said, can we please get a copy of I Used to Be a Camel? Oh, yeah. That actually happened. You know, know, that's um, in my school. I mean, this is humbly speaking, but that's a sought after, you know, album. Hot commodity. It is, most certainly. Okay. Okay. Um, Are you. You don't don't you don't do Montessori stuff anymore? Do I you? do. You do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. But you're teaching. You're not principaling. Or I'm not anymore. Okay. okay. No. All right. It's tough tough to keep track of shit. Up yeah. Here, yeah. Let alone where I'm supposed to be every day. <laughs> no, let, right. let, I don't. You know. Yeah. Uh, so is that was that the was that the capper was that the capstone the the Matt, Mr. Matt CD or is there more in the bag? Oh no, I just. Um, just a couple more. Uh, Black Flag, you know, as part of my 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 process. Oh yeah, sorry. Black Flag was one of my stepping stones for. Are you just dropping records left and right over there? It's making it rain. <laughs> Black Flag. Black Flag was really important self-ti- to me. Self-titled. This one is it it is not, but it's in my head. Okay. Um, that's not the that's not the that's not the album that turned me towards black flag okay but it's just going right. to be the one i grabbed would, would would i wanted you to hold this one. Ooh, 200 motels 200 motels churches oh, and liquor stores interview oh my god <laughs> you remember steve who i lived with in durango oh yeah yeah <clears throat> i've watched this once and it was with him how and did that go i I was very happy when it was over. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and not. I think it's I, not pleasing to I watch. think I tried one more time, uh, maybe down the road, and started it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I don't, yeah, I don't want to watch this." Yeah, and you know, the London Philharmonic sued him over that movie. What? Yeah, didn't he? He's done things with them. It was since, yeah, but that was the first one, and they had already signed a contract. Sued him for what? Uh. For that movie and not knowing what they were getting into, and he didn't tell them. What? what uh, oh, they're part of. I mean, it's pretty much a live. You know, the Philharmonic is in it, and Frank Zappa just shows up and like, they have the music, the sheet music, and they're they're playing it, but they have no idea what is going to be happening around them while they're playing. And what does <clears throat> that movie? Uh, yeah, which is just a weird psychedelic critique yeah, of society. There's a. Uh, that a nun uh, who's pregnant and whacked out on drugs and uses a vacuum for an abortion kind of stuff and the London Philharmonic did not know that okay. and then when they finally saw they're just like uh, we're taking you to court Frank Zappa won because they'd already signed the contract oh of course alright I'm gonna read just a few tracks names Let's see uh, if you're reading my favorite <laughs> this town is a sealed tuna sandwich oh that's a good one uh, redneck eats. Yeah. Half a dozen provocative squats. <laughs> Shove it right in. Sorry, that was the end of side one, and then side two, and now side three. I'm stealing the towels. <laughs> I'm stealing the towels. Penis dimension. Oh, that's a good one. A nun suit painted on some old boxes. <laughs> yeah, but you, you were saying that watching the movie, you just could not wait for it to be over. Well, but li- just, you should listen to it and, and not be watching the movie and think about it like that. 
and it's a far different experience. Little green scratchy sweaters and corduroy ponts. Uh, I, I think that I was like the whole time uh, wondering when this nonsensical intro would end and we would get to why this is a great movie. Yeah. And then it just ended and I was like, oh, I I don't know. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> uh, yeah. But at churches, churches and liquor stores stands out. Yep. Like, and, and, and thinking like, we do have a lot of those in this country. Lots mm-hmm. of those. But and Ringo's in it, right? Yep. He plays he plays Frank, Frank Zappa. Yeah. I mean Wow. I'm really glad you brought that. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, uh, there's a, one of the problems is the Frank Zappa estate. You know, he's got, you know, a couple movies, but two hundred motels is one that will never be released. By the tri- by the family think, trust, you yeah, mean? Because yeah, why? And, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I and, naively and tried to get a hold of Dweezil and be like, hey, come on, this is, you know, just release it's this. It's me. It's me, man. Hook it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then Uncle Meat is the other one. Okay. Which is also a fantastic album. And the movie is so great, but you can't find it on VHS. You can't. Get, you definitely can't find it on DVD because they will not put it on DVD. Um, the trust, the family, and yep. Gail and the kids are yep. in charge of that, right? Yes. What, what? Where do they get their opinions from? Like, why would? I don't know. It's a it's a good question, and I've proposed it, you know, like on Facebook or whatever. Sure. Like, hey, what's going on? I've, I've put it on the the Grateful Dead site, you know, the page. I'm just like, what's the deal? I even one time was just like, does anybody want to come over and just listen to 200 motels with me? I I remember <laughs> seeing that and being like, Matt, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Because, first of all, why are you watching that? Second of all, the answer is no. Nobody. Nobody Nobody came over, did they? I, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't have, I didn't want to watch it. I just wanted someone who appreciated, you know, the Start up some and dialogue about, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, nobody, uh, no, everybody was just like, um, no. Mm-hmm. The hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if they, you know, you know, my, my recording studio, my little studio and gallery and or whatever, um, there's my listening room or whatever, mm-hmm. is a pretty whacked out looking place. I bet. You know? Yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, so, so let's just sit here and there's listen a, to 200 motels with I me. I can see a Devo costume it's in the middle of it somewhere. No, no. It used to be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wore that one time. Yeah. And it, it was like four dollars, you know, yeah. super cheap plastic, yeah. and yeah. by the end of the night, it was just totally Ripped. annihilated. Yeah. Um, so, and then I guess one last little kind of oh, I was just dropping the vinyl. Uh, here's the can, the first. Oh, original look can. how beautiful that looks! Yeah, how color well, like, so bright and bold colors. That looks like uh, Voltron. You remember Voltron? Yeah, yeah I do. Let me see that bad boy. Yeah. This is their first one. This is their first one um, before Demo Suzuki. Yeah, Malcolm Mooney is the lead singer, um, and you'll hear one of the best bass lines ever. On on there's like one one like kind of like Iron Butterfly. There's one okay. side of the album okay. is one yeah. song. Well, side one is three tracks, <coughs> and side two is one track. Yep. And that bass line to carry you through an entire album or an entire side of an album. And it's like so easy to play. It's just the bass. Really? Yeah. It's just like open E string and then close 12. It's just like boom, 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 boom. 
Oh, boom, boom. I like it already. Boom, boom, boom. And then you know, it's just fabulous album. Okay, I got to write that down too. Yeah, uh, the the song is "You Do Right." Yeah, that's side two. Yeah, <laughs> it is so good. And the the reason that Malcolm Mooney stopped being a lead singer, he was you're getting these trances, and particularly with this album live he got stuck in a trance saying the same thing chanting and he couldn't get out of it are you serious yeah and they had to commit him for a while and i was wondering if we might uncover why they had a second lead singer yeah and so they were just like well they're like on tour and it's like what are we gonna do this is like 69 ish they used to tour yeah um and then they were sitting in a coffee shop trying to figure out what the hell they're gonna do You know, because they got a show like the next night or whatever that night. And they look out the coffee shop window and there's this crazy Japanese street performer just doing Damo Suzuki's thing. And they're just like, that's what we need. And this. Doing what thing? Just performing and chanting and just in his gibberish, you know, just street performing kind of stuff, like super out there. And they're, you know, the band is kind of out there anyway. And they're just like, okay, well, let's get that. And thus that started. I was telling uh, the the dude that did, before you, that guest on episode seven, chose the White Album. I introduced him to Can, and he went oh, home, he went home and listened to Tego. We, we text. And he's like, dude, this shit is fire. I'm like, yeah. yeah. I was telling him there was a time where uh, I was at Harry's Bar and Tables in Westport, and this is not <clears throat> not the only time this has happened, or the only place. But I heard in this particular instance, I could hear. I mean, Harry's is always loud. Yeah. Um, and um, <coughs> it was crowded enough that it was loud, but not crowded enough that I couldn't have a conversation. I could talk to the bartender. Like they weren't so busy that they couldn't chat. Right. And I was like, I could hear. I could hear faintly through their the music they had playing Vitamin C. I see. And I was like, Do you have a thing that you can look at that tells you? What do you mean? He's like, oh yeah, we have a. And I was like, will you see if this is can? And he was like, what? I was like, will you see if this is can? He's like, I don't understand. I'm like, will you look at your thing that the music is played through yeah, and see if this artist is called thing, Can? Yeah. And he was like, okay. And he like went over and I, the look on his face, he was like, you know, yeah. I was like, the only reason I know that, first of all, because of you. Second of all, because they're like unmistakable yeah most you, certainly. you hear if you know can you yeah. hear them like can yep you know you know and, and you know they pop up in like so many strange places exactly yeah and and you know not most people but so many people would just not even and but if you know you're just like wait a minute yeah i played them i mean some dubbed shit on cassette on the over the air on my radio show i remember that and uh i'm pretty sure the station manager was like like buzzed me and was like what what is this (laughs) i was like it's awesome that's what it is yeah i remember what you played the first can you song you played on the radio yeah, and um, I, I think I played the point too, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> Me and my arrow, <laughs> straight. I mean, God. I know. Well, yeah, you, uh, the album of the Can album is you know after Damon Suzuki left. Um, the album was Saw the Light. Okay. 
Yeah, it was kind of like more of a disco time, you know, the mid-70s, and they was trying to experiment with how they would do disco kind of stuff, you know, but in can style. Sure. Kraut um, rock. No, stop saying that. I mean, it's on the internet. I, I, well, it doesn't make it, you know, they just happen to be yeah, yeah. experimenting. Just very bizarre. So bizarre. So good, though. Yeah. Wow, then, that, uh, is there more? There's just the two more. Okay. I yeah. mean, that would have been the perfect record know, to end on, but... but uh, not the first time that this guy has come up on here. Really? Yeah. Well, Episode three, okay. the dude was like, my dad was a huge Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass Band fan. I, don't, I forgot about that album cover, though. Yeah, it's I good. mean, send it over. Oh, look at there you go. Look at, look at yeah. this. It, uh, the newlywed game is responsible for like. Side one, a taste of honey green peppers. <laughs> Tangerine. Or wait, a taste of honey, green peppers, tangerine, bittersweet samba, lemon tree, whipped cream. Side two, love potion number nine. That's not the version that we're used to hearing. No, that's... El Garbanzo, lady fingers, butterball, peanuts, lollipops, and roses. You ever want to eat dinner and have a soundtrack in the background? Herb Alpert will never fail you. It's just nice, kind of, you know, a beat, you you know, newlywed game. You know, they wrote that. Okay. Um, that song. Um, but yeah, have dinner to this album. And it will not disappoint you. Um, so another one that's kind of rare, and the last one I'm going to bring up is um, R.L. Burnside. Oh. A blues musician. Uh, right? Chicago. Yeah. Um, Wish I was in heaven sitting down. Great catalog of work. Yes, he's he got like, you know, double digit albums yep, out yep. there. I only own one, and it's there's not a. Not only is there not a bad track on it, but every track is phenomenal. It's I mean, Jim. anyway, what you got? So his son um, is a DJ, like it's a club DJ kind of deal. Okay. Um. And he took his father's music and I'm either going to love this it. or hate it. No, this is a kick-ass album. Okay. Um, and it's, you know, if you're a Burnside fan, uh, me. you've got to listen to this. Okay. So this is him or his son? That's, that's, it's him, but his son kind of remixed it into some sort of... Is that actually him? Is that what he looks like? Yeah, in his older years, yeah. Is he? Is he? He's not still. He's not now. How long has he been gone? I don't know. <clears throat> but oh, I wouldn't give for your vinyl player to be here right now. Mm-hmm. Come on in. Come on in. I heard that one time. It's from 1998 Fat Possum Records. That's a hell of a uh, Fat Possum label. Yeah, yeah name. Um, I was driving in a car with like a, a girl I was seeing and. She's like, check this out. A girl, she's a like, girl, you're like a cute yeah. girl. Oh yes. Introduce this. You, okay. Yes, yes. Um, and she's recorded, like, you like the blues. Re- recorded and- at the Money Shot in Oxford, <laughs> Mississippi. And as she played it, it had me. I, I. It's one of those albums you hear and you just you sit through the whole thing. You're just like, whoa. What just happened? Yeah. The last line of print on the back of this record. www dot fat possum dot com parentheses 
don't call us about advertising. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, our old Burnside, come on in. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. And it's not the remix like you might think that it's like some sort of club. It's just like, cool. I can't even believe what just happened. Did you? Oh, oh uh, let's, 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 okay. One let's, of the tracks. Um, well, yeah. Um, come on in. Yeah. Did you, uh, track number two. have a relationship with that girl? I did. Did you later take your clothes off with her to that? I wish I had. Oh man. Is she, do you have her number? We can probably <laughs> still arrange something. No, I do not. Oh, okay. I mean, uh, Bridget, not, yeah, it's not, time to not, hit that pause button. Again. Not for you. No. <laughs> I was just about to say, not for you, not for no, you. no, uh, uh, no. Um, so I, I would like to thank her. Um, so shout out to the girl who shan't be named. I shan't think. be named. Okay, but um, but come on in. Is <laughs> <laughs> that uh, you know? It, 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 she was great. All right, so that is like the biggest treat to date on the bad ass records podcast. The fact that you brought when you, when I saw you get out of the car <laughs> and you like walk around to the other side and like, yeah. he brought some, what did he bring? And then it's a bag full of vinyl. Like I really cool, really cool. Um, so you answered for the world on when you said Sergeant peppers, but is there a Matt bar answer? Um, I, I am going to have to go with um, the Mothers of Invention freak that's right, out. That's right. I think you did say yeah. that. Um, I like your first answer better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, just more. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever evolve into a place where I can put that on and listen to it. You know, uh, I don't know. I'll, I might have to give it another shot. But No, I, I think it's... I, it is, and I, I completely understand why it would be a difficult sell or just kind of hard to digest. Um, but you were quoting, who was it, Paul McCartney? Mm-hmm. And, and he, but, you know, it just it takes a certain kind of whatever to... Mindset? To get it. No, no not like any sort of altered state. Right, but, but I mean, just, you willingness... Know, yeah, it's just kind of one of those out there ways. Yeah. Man, what a trip. Um, so are you painting these days? Um, I am not. Okay. The last painting I did was a couple of years ago for okay. a Christmas present for Bridget. Okay. And it, you know, it, when I paint, it takes me a while. Uh-huh. Um, and, I, you know, my studio and I, I'm down there again, Bridget, pause your whatever device and she did not like me being in my studio way you know and she's like what are you doing down there all the time and i was like but you know i'm making a christmas present and i don't did you know say? what you were doing she no not really did she ever see, did she see it before you gave it to her no you you hit it every time uh-huh uh, well, it, and it was it's huge it was just like hey don't go, don't down, go in there. Don't go to the studio for the next 
year and a half. Yeah, when she, I mean, she's always like, well, can, you, can you please make me a painting? I was like, I don't, I don't make those kind of paintings. Right. I don't do decorative right. stuff. And so it was a, a stretch, but I, you know, I still managed to put myself in it um, and make it, it's, it's a funky. Did she like it? it? It's a very sentimental painting. She loved it. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you are ever here for an episode, uh, there are four original Matt, technically now there's five original Matt Bar pieces upstairs. What's the fifth one? The one that you drew before we went to the Zappa show. Oh. That just looks like nipples and oddness. It's behind me. You're kidding me. I drew nipples. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not framed or it's still just how you brought it over behind the fruit bowl. Um, but, uh, there, there should be, uh, uh, another original framed piece of yours up there that I had the rights to at one point, uh, because you had a display senior year, right? Or of, of college. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about the, the freaky DMV. One. I was going to get to that too. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, but wait. Uh, which one? The the one that the shady gallery owner stole. Oh, that you ran you into in like Utah or Colorado that, or whatever. That one is rightfully yours. Um, and it was three humans standing, like shoulder to, sh- you know, and they're all Damn. compiled of very small. Sexual acts. Well, that is interesting to hear your description of it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I saw it. I was like, I, I need to own that. I need it. Yeah. And it was, you could, I, my memory's a mess. So you could tell what happened better than I can. Well, it was a charcoal drew light drawing. And yes. if you stood back from it, you could tell it was three nudes posing. Right. Um, but if you stood back from it, you would see the nudes, um, and you would look, it would look from a distance, it would look like a paisley pattern on top of it. Yes. And as you get closer, the figures fade away and you can't see them. And then as you get closer, you realize that the, the paisley is actually a couple hundred of the dirtiest little ink drawings you've ever seen. Yeah. Um, at is one of my favorite pieces I've ever done, and I yeah. can't believe it was stolen after its first display. I had a weird. The dude had a weird name. I I am not afraid to even say it right I, now. I want I'm you still, to. Yes, um, Jerry V. Very Jerry V. And the gallery was Gallery V. Gallery V. And what his name is Jerry. Jerry V. Is like V something. But if uh, you're in the art gallery community from the mid 90s you're gonna know who that is yeah if you ever see that painting that matt just described it belongs to me it is there was never there was an there was a verbal agreement i wanted to buy the three lydia the three lydia set Uh and that and you said yes and then that that's giving me shivers even thinking about you know i hadn't thought about that in a long time and then it got stolen it got stolen uh i did I did give you money for the Lydia. I did. We did have a transaction. There was never right, a transaction yeah. for the one that went missing, but it was an agreed upon thing from the fan and the artist and yeah. somebody, that man violated, somebody violated 
Uh, and you, am I right? You did run into him. I did in like Utah or something. Yeah. And did you guys exchange words? Um, we did. And and he was just like, because I had sent him after that first show and the success of that show. Uh, that's like pretty much the last time I saw that. And he wanted another piece for the next show. And I was in Colorado. I sent it to him. Um, and it just came back, returned to sender. And I was like, wait a minute. And what, that, did, what did that mean? Like, he was they tried no- to, I don't know if he just was like, no, or the gallery was closed or whatever. But when I got back to Kansas City, the gallery wasn't there or he didn't open the door. And it was just like, he was like gone like a fart in the wind. Right. And I saw him and nice I was like. Shawshank reference there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I saw him and I was just like, hey, I was like, you remember me? Yeah. And of course, he's like, no. And he just like had, he, he didn't remember anything. I was just like, I explained everything. I was like, that show, that piece, then the second piece I sent you. And I was like, where is the first one? I don't even remember its name. Mm. I don't even think I even had time to name it, but... Um, yeah, that's nothing came of, of bumping into him. Um, and then there's a a story about like a girl that you picked up. There was a hitchhiker. Yeah, that I didn't pick her up. Oh, who did? My father picked her up. Your father, and then she stole. She stole a bunch of your shit, she didn't did, she? Yeah, and um, vanished. I, I, I was at. Uh, yeah, kind of. I was in Kansas City. You know, just doing whatever. You know still uh, maybe right out of college and working at Spaghetti Factory. Oh, my God. That's right. You worked there for a minute. Yeah. And then a uh, knock comes to the door, and it's this pregnant girl with a giant dog. And she's like, Matt? And I was like, yeah. She's like, so forth, you know, I'm this. And she's like, your dad picked me up hitchhiking, and she said that you would have no problem with me crashing here for a little bit. And I was like, what? <laughs> Which, you know, I, I really didn't. Right. Um, but you didn't know she was going to steal your shit either. I didn't, and she just turned out to be a little. You know, I got her job at the spaghetti factory, um, and my roommates were in, and she you know, stayed there for quite a while. Like uh, mo- more than a month? Uh, maybe around, but uh, maybe a little longer. I don't know. Okay. It was like about a month or something. I don't know. Um, you know, just very pregnant, and and... And she just lost it. Like our roommates were like so because of the dog, a giant dog, and they had cats. And I was like, oh, "I'm sorry." And I called my dad. I was like, "What is what in the world?" <laughs> he explained it, and then I just finally was like, "You gotta go." And so she decided to take as much stuff as she could carry, which was more than artwork. No, it was just artwork, you know. As far as, but I mean, she didn't have a card and. And I was just Awful, like, uh, risky thing to take if you're homeless and without a vehicle. Yeah, artwork. Yeah. Especially if you're, even if your only intention is to keep it for yourself, like how are you not going to fuck it up traveling around right, yeah. in the weather with your and giant she dog? She had to have some sort of accomplice. I don't know. Um, yeah, and even Miranda's mom at the time was just like, are you seriously going to let that person stay? And I was like, yeah, well, I feel like my dad kind of had to stick up, you know, my, 
It's just kind of a... My dad's a really good human. He did not make a good human. You can't stay here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I forgot about that whole thing, too. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, so, are there any pieces for sale? I I believe I got in touch with you and was like, one of the framed ones, I was like, do you want this? Not Not for me, just for... Oh, anybody. oh! In general, yeah. Um, no, I no. don't. I, I, what, what, I, I what were you up. talking I don't about? Like, I don't like selling artwork anymore. Why not? I don't know. I guess you know when I was doing the gallery and things, and like that, you know, and people come up to you and say, "Well, you know, can you change this? I want to buy this, but you can you change it? You know?" And it's like, no, get lost. Or, and everybody always wants an explanation of what it means, and That's I'm always your favorite. And I'm always like, no, and they hate that. And I don't. I am. I get so tired of explaining why I don't want to give the answer. There's. I can't. I can't tell you how many times. Never, never, has anybody entered my home and not made a comment about the lobbyists. <laughs> uh, and it's it for years. It went that it went that I would give my take, which is you know. Yeah. yeah. The most piecemeal, important part, piecemealed on what you told me, and you and in 1994 or where, what 1998, whenever it was, uh, you were like, I don't want to tell you, but you did for me. You, you, you were, were gonna buy it, so well, but you know, but it, you it, really wanted it, yeah. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that you know, like, okay, but go ahead. So you know, for years, uh, I have given this verbal, you know synopsis of what's happening in there and this little tidbit about the artist is important and only recently did it occur to me that I could just take the the little square with the tie at the lobby and the description and just hand it to somebody and they could read it <laughs> themselves and, and I realized like the third or fourth time that I've done that and this I'm telling you nobody has ever not nobody has ever seen that painting for the first time and not said something or asked a question so it yeah. comes up um and do you ever regret do you ever regret telling them no not once to, not no. once but what happened was like the third or fourth time that i handed them the the description yeah. and for them to read i was like god he would hate this just as much <laughs> <laughs> but i have never said you must view and decipher on your own with no you know i'm 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 like a tour guide i'm like and over here we've got the three o'clock conspiracy i <laughs> know <laughs> uh, uh, and you know exactly why i don't like telling the answers well you want people to decide on their own right and if you know then you have less reasons to if you know the answers of what something's about you have less reasons to come up and ask it questions keep going um okay let's take this uh painting or this photograph behind you mm -hmm. i've been looking at it i have no idea what's going on in that picture okay and i keep looking i'm just like well you know i have some idea and i look back and i was like well no but when i look up if i knew the answer i'd be like, oh well, that guy just punched that guy and he's falling down and he's or that which i don't know uh, or he was skating by and he tripped over that guy's skate and he's just flying through the air. 
and questioning something. If you know the answers, I'm not going to, I'm like, okay, that's what happened. But, but you keep looking at it because you don't have the answer and that's, that's what's appealing to you. No. Oh. Um, but if I knew the answer, I, I would I would look at that differently because I would know exactly what's going on. If that makes any it, sense, I think that's what I just said. Okay, well then, yes. <laughs> Do you want to know? Uh, well, is it gonna kill you not to tell me? Um, I mean, I have, I have. Uh, it's a, it's a horrible. It's a funny story, actually. It's a really, really crummy. Um, like somebody, I don't know how, but you know, it's like uh, somebody took a shitty Google image result and blew it up into a poster. So it's gotcha. it's really crummy. But I purchased it, and when I got it, I was like, oh, I didn't know it was going to look like shit. But I also wasn't going to do it again or like try and find a better version of it. Is it a famous? Picture? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, and it also went to my old house. Um, and I got somehow I got notified that it had shipped and been delivered, but it was, oh, but it wasn't yeah. here. So I drove and not, and I was like, Oh yeah, I have so much shit of yours. And he had just like kept it and he just gave it all to me. And that was in a rolled up in a tube. And I was like, Oh, that makes sense. Um, but somebody, a previous owner of this home made this room. Uh, laid the flooring and and put up beadboard. Yeah. Um, and there were some creaky, you know, kind of saloon style doors, and it was a nice little man cave, but uh, not. I mean, the carpet was really old, and um, he couldn't hang any art on the walls because they were just beadboard. Uh, and it was chilly, man. It would get chilly in the winter. Um, so I had the room redone. But before I even had the room redone. That's why I bought that poster for that space um, because it's such an iconic shot uh, and it fits right there and I want it to be a conversation piece and it never is. Oh. Never. Nobody's ever like, what's that all about? A couple people have been like, oh, dude, because they know because yeah. they're into hockey. Um, but I won't tell you if you don't want me to tell you. Just to watch you twitch. <laughs> I, uh, no. All right. Okay. Yeah, but if you, but it's like, it's it's a world famous. Mm-hmm. Um, did you when? I guess I mean, I guess it's famous. It must, the story must be equally as famous. I mean, and, it's 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 famous just for the image. Yeah. of a person flying through the air, but it's important to me uh, based on my own personal uh, hockey, hockey fandom. Experience, yeah. um, in 67, the Blues, the, the NHL expanded. Yeah. And like eight new teams, and the Blues were one of them. The Blues went to the Stanley Cup Finals the first three years they were in existence, and they lost all three. Oh. The first year... They went, they had a guy named Scotty Bowman as their coach. They fired him, and he went on to become the Detroit Red Wings head coach and won, like, six 
cups with the wings, and then he was in the front office, and they won more. I mean, I think nine total. Went on to become one of the winningest coaches in NHL history, and the Blues gave him one season as an expansion team. He took them to the finals, and then they fired him. Um, they got swept, and I think they got swept in all three of those uh, finals appearances. So it's like, you know, a brand new team. They make it all the way, but can't even win a single game in the championship. Uh, and f- and fire somebody that would go on to become one of the winningest coaches in all time history. Um, like the, the hockey version of the Curse of the Bambino. Kind of, yeah. Um, but that guy's name is Bobby Orr. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was one of the greatest players of all time. And the Bruins. Uh, so I think the Canadians beat the Blues the first two times, and then the Bruins. Um, and that so the puck goes into the corner. And and Bobby Orr scoops it up and cuts in front of the crease and makes makes just a phenomenal play. And somebody just you know motherfucker like, yeah. And so he scored. That's a that's Stanley Cup winning goal uh, right there. And he knows he's airborne and he knows that it's in and they've become champions. So whatever happens when he lands is irrelevant. Yeah. Because they're at the top of the, of the world, and uh, it's it's just fascinating. All those pieces, like as a Blues fan, you fire that coach. The most iconic image in basically NHL history is of you losing your third straight championship as an expansion team. Um, so I'm sorry I couldn't not tell you. It's okay. I a stronger person would have been like, "That's cool. I won't tell you." <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. Uh, but it, it did well. Your explanation did help. Um, no, but something. now you now you won't look at it anymore. I won't. No, no but uh, it, it, it did it help me something um, because, or I only know that name. I because of you know, New York Times crossword puzzles or crossword puzzles in general use that it comes up a lot. It does, yeah. and but I, you know, I know, you know, whenever I solved it for the first time, I was like, oh, I know the answer. No idea who it is, right? Until Bobby Orr. Until about five seconds ago. There you go. That's that's next the, time you're doing a crossword puzzle, you could turn to your wife and be like, let me tell you something about Bobby. Yeah, Orr. let me tell you about. <laughs> let me tell you about what happened here. Well, listen, man, uh, we should get you out of here. Um, I know my dogs need to eat, and so do yeah. I, and my bladder's full again, and we're rolling up on the three-hour mark Oh, okay. without you know, having cut out the first pee break. Um, <laughs> but this was really fun. It's been fantastic. Um, thank, thank you for coming. You're welcome. Um, I wish that I had a cigar or something that we could celebrate your new grandfatherdom my exo grandfather yeah is, is exoskeleton i feel like i should um, throw x in there somewhere i i can't believe that you let me think for even a second that one of your children had a child and <laughs> we were gonna like i thought we were gonna like toast actual grandfatherdom on this podcast and oh. you're like so these cockroaches and i'm like oh well, I, my god well, it was a very crazy couple of hours and quite disturbing, actually. And there will most certainly be new developments when you arrive tomorrow. I would hope so. You would hope so. 
Oh, yeah, I don't know how long okay. cockroaches stay in labor, but I'm going to show you the picture when we're off air. The disturbing one? Well, you ever seen a, a cockroach in mid-labor? Like crowning, I guess it's crowning, like when the As when the child's head starts coming out. I would guess the answer for most people to that would be no. But the, 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 the proper term, lady listeners, is crowning, I believe. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the fact that I, an hour and a half, two hours before I even got here, I saw a cockroach crowning. It, it, I felt it needed a celebration. Okay. All right. All right. That's <laughs> that's fair. So I'm going to send you a, some Dylan Eakin TikToks, and hopefully you can open them. Uh, and I need to look at, I saw an x-ray of a girl, or I need to listen to, I saw an x-ray of a girl passing gas. I need to get, I need to own Monster Movie, and I need to own Herb Alpert, Tijuana Brass Band. It's the perfect dinner soundtrack album. And last but certainly not least, Arl Burnside son remixing his father's own shit in a piece called come on in Mm -hmm. that a really nice lady turned you on to yes okay matt Barr. um everybody thank you for taking some time for to listen and why why do you keep trying to coax yourself into like a british accent here uh, i don't know what you're doing honestly but bridget's always just like why do you speak like a Canadian, you know. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much. We'll <laughs> talk you. to you. Give the drummer some.